Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode of the show, we're calling Stretch Goals, as later in the show we're going to be sharing impressions of uh, Stretch Mode, the out-of-nowhere release that Nintendo put out a few weeks ago for the, what, third entry in the Pushmo series now? There's Pushmo, Pulmo, Pushmo World, Stretchmo? Yeah. Mallow finally completed his sumo thingy. He finally did. That, that is something very nice, as all the icons always have. Like, tell, tell the whole little story. Yeah, I wonder what will happen next. Maybe he'll do his other the leg. The franchise has to end now. There is no Yeah, he can next. do the other leg. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So four more games for him to stomp with his left leg. I mean, maybe right. they'll do splat mode where you have to squish all the things together? I don't know. That could squish work. Mode. Squish mode. Squish mode. Squish mode. Splat mode's too much like Splatoon. Yeah, squ- squish mode, I feel, flows better, too. It does. It flows a lot better. Well, anyway, what are we talking You're about? welcome, Nintendo. <laughs> what are we talking about? Stretch mode, not squish mode. Oh, yeah, in Europe, it'd be squish Squish box blocks. Squish, squish blocks. blocks. Yeah. That's weird that they're named differently over there. What is it called? So they're crash... There's crash mo. Oh, we forgot crash mo. It's not pull mo. It's crash mo. Push mo, crash mo, push mo world, stretch mo. It's pull blocks in Europe. Wait, we didn't forget anything. I said... Oh, well, we didn't... I got the name wrong. I said pull, pull mo. It's crash mo. Pull blocks is a Jap- or European name. You're giving me this look like I'm insane. It's crash mo in America, not pull... I know not, what it's called in America. I called it Pulmo, and now I'm correcting myself. I'm not. Okay. There is no Pulmo. I, I didn't even know. Oh, okay, right. it's Crash Mode. No, yeah. Someone is gonna write us an angry comment like, "It's I can't listen to this. You're ten seconds in. You're calling games the wrong name." And I'm, so I'm correcting at forty seconds in. Anyway, this episode of the show is more than just Stretch Mode. Um, so E3 is coming up. For those unaware, it's only a few weeks away, and uh, it seems like when Nintendo makes new game announcements going into E3, they usually have big plans for the show itself. So for this episode of the show, um, there's no exception to that, and that means that this episode we're talking about a lot of pre-E3 news that's already happening. So we're going to talk about some game announcements, we're going to talk about the Nintendo World Championship qualifiers, which were the same weekend this podcast is being posted. Uh, We're going to talk about this past Friday's Amiibo Wave 4 chaos, and later in the show we have those stretch mode impressions. So the easiest way to find what you're looking for is always timestamps.com. But with that said, we should we might as well just jump in. There's some pre three game announcements. Let's start with Nintendo. The only one Nintendo made actually here in America, which is for uh, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon. It's Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, but more super, I guess. Because um, all we know is it's launching this winter. And there's just more of everything? I guess. That's what's weird. Is Nintendo put out a press release now? Literally what it's associated with super, just more. More, <laughs> or better, or enhanced in some way. But yeah, it's, it's kind of this winter. It's a new 3DS game. That's literally in all we know. scanning round things, now you get to scan square things. Well, see, that's what's interesting to me is I don't know if they're going to do that. Because, okay, basically Nintendo said, yep, we're g- it's going to be super. Here's all they promised. Is, uh, <laughs> it's going to be super. It's going to be super, you guys. Just give it, your t- give it a 10 out of 10 right now. It's going to be super. But, uh, yeah, they're promising that there will be, quote, even greater randomly created dungeons that change every- each time you enter, which, for the record, is exactly what happens in every other mystery dungeon game. So I don't know how that's a big deal. And also the opportunities to fight alongside mythical and legendary Pokemon. Okay, but but you raised a good point about the the scanning thing because that's what differentiated Gates of Infinity, the previous Mystery Dungeon on 3DS, which was what 2012, I think, before X and Y came out. Sure. Yeah, but uh, that that one <laughs> you, sound, <laughs> you sound very confident in that. Sure. Uh, yeah, that one was the first Mystery Dungeon I think where they tried to actually make it really different, and they first tried to do something more. Huh. The first one. The was first one was a gimmick, but they didn't want to be a gimmick. They wanted to be more meaty than a gimmick mm-hmm. and the problem was it was just a gimmick it felt like a gimmick it was a total gimmick so for those who didn't the game itself was I mean I was almost 
tempted to. I was almost tempted to buy. Man, it. that's that's pretty <laughs> close to like making it your favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't. Know, they always look like interesting games, but I just never had any intention of buying or playing them. But the demo, I enjoyed it enough that it made me consider the thought of buying. It. Well, that's the thing is, it is a good game. I like the original. I like the sequel, and then they made two more after that. I'm like, nothing's changing. Like, the original. Yeah. Interesting. Indeed. Why didn't you never say this? But why did I never say what? That I played it? I say I owned it, I said I played it. It's a difference. Oh, uh good point. Yeah. But um what was I starting to say? My friend in high school had it, so I borrowed it for a little while. I got through like two randomly generated dungeons. I was like, this is cool. You paid the, the Jason amount. Yeah, basically. But I didn't have to pay money for it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. I didn't have to pay full price. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, my point was that uh like, those are solid games that they're the same idea. Oh, you're a Pokemon, you're a human in a Pokemon by, you're walking around. There's Charmander, your buddy. There's, you know, then uh, Gates Infinity. It's like, oh, you're still a Pokemon, you're walking around. There's Oshawott as your buddy. <laughs> and now there's random portals that pop up. And what do you do with these portals? Well, you have to scan real-world objects with the 3DS camera because we're still pushing AR down your throat because it's 2012 still. So they did that, and it ended up being the worst-reviewed game in the series because it was gimmicky. Ouch. And... It was the same game. They just threw a gimmick on it. So whatever they do with Super Mystery Dungeon, I'm hoping it's something a little more meaty, I guess. Like, it's kind of early to say what it will be, but I, I suspect we're going to see the gimmicks go away because, I mean, they sold 13 million of these games since it started, Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. So for them to just be like, you know, we'll just keep piling on gimmicks. It's good. Sales will keep trickling down. If they, you know, gimmicks that don't work. Sales aren't going to do well, but if they just go back to what did work and sold most of those 13 million... They might be back on track. Yeah. Let's just hope they do something a little more than that. But I think it's a sure bet we're going to see X and Y Pokemon. We're going to see Mega Evolution. We're going to see Primal. That's definitely not a mystery. Yeah, it, it sure isn't. I mean, I haven't said it. Dungeon. But super. Super pun. Yeah. Sort of. But, uh, yeah, so that's happening. And uh, I think the more interesting thing than this game being announced, though, is the fact that it was announced before E3. What is Nintendo planning for Pokemon at E3 that they had to throw Mystery Dungeon out of the way like a small fry ahead of time like this? Like, normally, they'd be like, oh, on 3DS, we have a new Pokemon game, Mystery Maybe. Dungeon. Oh, no, that's 3DS, so... It doesn't have to be 3DS only, but I'm thinking Pokemon Tournament. Yeah, I was about to say Pokemon Tournament. Yeah, I mean, think of, it makes perfect sense, because, like, think about it. One... Fighting games are, are at a resurgence again. Fighting games have a resurgence. Two, the Wii U needs more games. Three, Pokemon Tournament has... Nintendo a... has an even bigger appearance now at Evo than even some of the I other know. games, which is crazy. I mean, it has the same number of entries than, what was it, like, Ultra Street Fighter 4, which is pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's... Nintendo's really embraced the, the idea a lot, too. Yeah, the only thing is that it's still not, um, let's say, on the same scale as... Like, you have the same number of entries, but when you compare, I guess, like, the, the actual players and the... I guess how scouters find sure. people. Like, yeah, yeah you could, it's like comparing League of Legends and Street Fighter. Right, right. But now we're comparing Street Fighter and Smash Right, Fighter, right, so. but it's the same gap. I get what yeah. you mean. Um, that's a big gap. I mean, one fills arenas in Korea, and the other fills a hotel ballroom maybe <laughs> but yeah yeah but uh no what i was gonna say is i mean Smash, i mean they have their pro tour yeah and i think i think you're right huge. though that fighting games have the resurgence and even and nintendo's more competitive their games are being treated more competitively more to the point if you look at the wii u the games that do well and the games nintendo's pushing hardest are all multiplayer competitive games mario kart smash bros splatoon as of this weekend Pokemon tournament can ride that 
hype, sort of. Well, maybe one day Connor will walk by a random hotel and we'll see people playing Pokemon Tournament. You never know. People playing but, yeah. but you never know. I mean, like, it would make sense. Nintendo already poured so much money into the arcade version of Bandai Namco. The game uses a freaking pro controller, basically, to play already. The arcade version. Yeah. It's going to come to Wii U. You're pro, you use that. You, what? You're pro if you use that. That's true. You're yeah. also amateur because that's the only control input it has, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's it's perfect. Your gamepad won't work. I'm sure they'll have gamepad. Wouldn't need work. gamepad oh, because of the. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. So never mind. Pro. I guess you won't yeah, be a pro. No pro. But e- either way, my point is that um, maybe for multiplayer. Uh, I what? mean, both people could still scan their. Data. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they have to have. Mul- I mean, yeah, the so one on one fighter is going to. Well, yeah, one percent yeah. has to use the pro controller. So mm-hmm. one of you will be pro, and one of you won't. That was a long way to go for that joke. That was really just a throwaway comment. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I was gonna say is you'll um, go pro. You'll go. Oh, you know they're making drones soon. GoPro. Well, just side share. But um, yeah, they. Uh, the thing with the Pokemon tournament is um, not only does it ride that wave, I guess, of like t- competitive Wii U multiplayer games, but what does Nintendo have for the Wii U? NX isn't being announced officially. You know their next system until 2016. They gotta fill the gap. They can't just do. I mean, Wo- Woolly Worlds this year. Star Fox will in some form be this year. Zelda's next year, but they need more than that next year, too. Devil's Third, maybe, but, like, Pokemon Tournament could fill that gap. It could be their May game, so to speak. Like, Splatoon was this year, and Mario Kart was last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Pokemon Tournament be the big Pokemon draw, and that's probably why Mystery Dungeon was announced now, because if they say, hey, here's Mystery Dungeon, here's Pokemon Tournament, how many fans are going to go, oh, man, forget Pokemon Tournament, I sure love me some Mystery Dungeon. I mean, granted, it has its fans, but one's a brand-new franchise for Pokemon, where they're actually hitting each other in real life for once. Well... No, in real life. They're not real. They're digital. But you know what I mean. And the other is like the fifth po- Mystery Dungeon game. It's not as big of a deal. Announce it now and you got us talking about it for 10 minutes. Announce it at E3 and you guys talking about it for 10 seconds. That's basically the difference, I think. Speaking of Pokemon, uh, I ran into a Monopoly board game for Pokemon. The really? They have Pokemon Monopoly now? Yeah, it's like um, Kanto Edition or something. It's like a... Oh god, they're going to do each region? Uh, I don't know, but that would be a. It's not a GameStop. It actually comes with GameStop exclusive pieces, like on the package. So does another one. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. But but don't you collect Monopoly? I'm looking at four different ones right now: Ninja Turtles, Zelda, Nintendo, and where's the logo on that one? Oh, Street Fighter. Oh, I guess I do. Um, The other boxes. Oh yeah, like you're surprised. Oh, oh, I do collect Monopoly. Oh my. Oh. Oh. Look at that. Um, (laughs) The only thing that caught my eye though is um, these come with special cards. Like these didn't right like oh they actually change up the game yeah they're pretty game changing like there's one called vine whip where whoever has it can use it at any time that someone buys a hotel or a house mm-hmm. and they pretty much steal that hotel or a house for themselves and even if they can't buy it, even if they can't use it yet they can just keep the hotel on the side until they can build it and then they just build it for free that's interesting that's, that almost makes it more like a, it makes it and a the person still, game and, and the person still loses the money that they bought you it, they pretty much buy you a hotel against right, their will right interesting yeah it's pretty crazy interesting USAopoly is going that's who makes all these different monopolies USAopoly they couldn't come up with a better name I guess but they uh, going down they, you could say they have a monopoly on the monopoly space but yeah they are coming up with some weird stuff these days because they need to keep it fresh well they kind of run yeah they need to keep like it fresh they made like every kind of monopoly they made custom monopoly where all the spaces are blank oh yeah and you just do own. whatever you want yeah yeah. it's in, it's ridiculous but anyway so um, Poké Tournament was one side of like the Wii U Spectrum if it happens but on the other end of Spectrum was another game that Nintendo announced already which uh, which is Art Academy now you may recall 
Sketchpad, Arakami Sketchpad was released on the eShop in what feels like forever ago yeah, now. Man. But uh, yeah. at the time, Nintendo said it was going to be a full-fledged Wii U Arakami game coming soon. And now, it's been two years of silence. It kept being on the release schedule, but they never talked about it. I think you brought it up like three times on the podcast. It's like, whatever happened to Arakami? Well, here you go. In Europe, Nintendo announced that next month, Arakami is going to get both a physical release and an eShop release in the form of a new game called Arakami Atelier. Or atelier or something like that, which means like a studio. What? Are there wait one in Europe next month, oh. June, June twenty fourth or 29th or something like that? But the the Everything game is finally coming out in summer in Europe. In Europe. In Europe. But uh, but yeah, the game is it's it's, cube. What? It's coming out here. What's oh maybe? I don't know. Oh, it, <laughs> the it is. Cube director's cut. No, it's when every, we last talked about on the show was every, slotted for sure for spring. Summer. And oh. now it's summer. Well, last time I thought it was summer. Well, that's true. I guess they could change it because yeah. That. So I'm pretty be sure in Europe, summer though. it will be fall, <laughs> and in fall it will be next winter, etc. etc. But yeah, um, I hope it comes out. It was fun when I played it at NDK two years. That's Cube and Art Academy are like long lost buddies or something. They both got know, lost for so both, many years. I've gone. I've come. I've almost come full circle. I, I went to that point where I'm like, oh, I don't even care about Cube anymore. Right. To the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy it on Steam. And then when I heard, and then when I read that thing, like, oh, it's gonna come in the summer, I became excited yeah. about the game again. And now they seem dead set on summer for real. Like when they said spring, like we're hoping <laughs> for, for real for realsies, you guys. But yeah, they were hoping on spring, and now I think they're actually set on summer. Well, good nine out of ten. Yeah, it's getting good reviews. It's on. I think it's on PS4 already, or something. Ooh. The director's cut. But anyway, um, it's Buddy Art Academy. So for those who are curious, basically to give a little backstory, it's um. It has every, it's Sketchpad plus other stuff. So what that means is beyond just letting you free draw on the gamepad, it's going to come with a number of different modes and options. There's going to be lessons, which would make up the brunt of the game with three skill levels, including a brand new tool skill level. Not saying you're a tool, but like you learn different tools. And uh, so that's happening. And you ready for the big news? Are you saying down? You are saying down, but I hope you don't faint. They're adding, for the first time in our Academy history, Dreams? charcoal. Yeah, that silence was everyone gasping while listening. Charcoal is, it, is in the Art Academy now. Digital charcoal. I was going to say, like, it isn't... Digital charcoal. Isn't it already? I don't know. They say it's the first time in Art Academy that you can use a charcoal, well, I mean, I'll take charcoal as a I've only played the sketch pad, so... Which only was sketching with pencils, yeah. <laughs> no, the, it, and, it, and I guess crayon. It had markers. pastels, but uh, it had some other stuff, maybe, but... I mean, they could have. It could have charcoal for all I know, but I guess it, it didn't. Did not. Not only did it not have charcoal, but it didn't have all this. You ready? Here's a bunch of stats there are 27 different paint colors there are 96 different hues there are lessons for both subjects like animals and humans and landscapes and a full glossary of painting tools so if you're an art fan i know like i'm sounding i know i sound like i'm mocking it but if you're an art fan this is your game and actually all joking aside there's actually some really cool stuff they're doing which is kind of why i want to talk about because nintendo go figure nintendo gets a little progressive in how they do sharing on the wii u or they you know do Mario Kart 8 level sharing with a game that's as non-gamey as Art Academy is. So what they're doing is, um, of course, you can share to Miiverse. Any artwork you make can go Miiverse as an image. You can save it on an SD card, put it on a computer, do whatever you want with it. And then, if you really want to, you can upload it to YouTube as a time-lapse of you drawing it so everyone can see all your mistakes and whatnot. And it'll automatically zoom in on the drawing dynamically, it'll add background music, you're making like a little look how I drew this video that then gets uploaded just like Mario Kart 8 where it's you just in game. It's like um, colors 3D. It's like colors except because... it's not limited to the software you can put no, it on yeah, YouTube yeah. for all to see. Because that one lets you save 
video of you drawing your drawing. Yeah. Yeah. But the the music could be cool and the dynamic mm-hmm. zooming in. Dynamic, yeah. And on top of all that, there's also they're also doing some kind of cool stuff like you can build a portfolio in the game. And then I assume you can export it onto the SD card, but that's not for sure. But you can also, in first person perspective, walk around a gallery of your art. Now I still sound like I'm slightly mocking it, but honestly, for someone who's into like art stuff, it's kinda cool that they're giving you that like it's not just like software. They're trying to make it an experience with like Here's your gallery. Here's videos you can share with people. Honestly, a gallery of just things drawn by Jason. It's just going to be stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it's going to be. It's going to be like one stick figure will be smiling. One will be sad. And I'll be like, this is showing the range of human emotion. And then like the next one will be, I don't know. like oh, My personal favorite. Hey, Jason, draw your favorite Nintendo character. <laughs> oh, my favorite Nintendo character is Koopa, but here's Koopa Mario. Troopa. Koopa Troopa, but here's Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. But when Miiverse first started, Jose sent me a message because we were just messing with it, and he's like, "Draw, yeah, draw me your favorite Mario or your favorite character." And I said exactly that. I'm like, "Well, I can't draw Koopa Troopa, so here's Mario." Instead. Draw a more complicated character. Mario's yeah. Definitely... Mario, no, the hat's a little tricky because it's that 3D depth of the bill. Yeah, exactly. Why would you draw Mario when you oh, draw oh, Koopa Troopa? Oh, I said, oh, you're saying Mario is more complicated than Koopa Troopa? I gotcha. Which just like makes it even more baffling. Why even? Yeah, I don't know. I don't make sense. But you know what does make sense? Artakami Atelier, or uh, whatever. Uh, I, oh, I don't know how to say that word. Atelier. I think it's Atelier, which it's A L T I E R. It means studio or workspace or something like that. I, I think, think that was the name of a protagonist. Maybe Atelier. Wait, I'll, I'll, the dude's I'll, name was Workspace. <laughs> Atelier. He's like Enzo. Enzo. I'm Workspace. I'll carry the franchise from here. I don't think his name was Workspace. It, 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 it sounded similar. Yeah, but uh, either way, uh, if you do own Sketchpad and you live in Europe, what Nintendo's doing is if you then want to buy Atelier and you want to buy it from the eShop, they're actually going to give you a huge discount on the game, which is roughly about 50%, a little under 50% off. Instead of paying £25, you're paying like £12. Ah, it was Atelier, not Atelier. Ah. Uh, close. Wait, how do you spell it? A-L-T-I-E-R? A-L-T-A-I-R. Oh, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. So they were like, we want to call you an art studio, but we don't want to call you an art studio. <laughs> so we'll call you something that's like an art studio. But yeah, it's, uh, so the game, the game in uh, Europe is going to be discounted, which is cool Like for people who are a sketchpad like you. Nothing about it has been announced for America yet. I suspect it's going to be at E3, because I suspect what Nintendo's going to do is... Very... A big holiday game. Yeah. Sketchpad. You thought we were doing Animal Crossing Wii U? <laughs> art Academy. No, but what I think the real idea is here is, remember, you know how every year Nintendo does the directories to do a press conference, and they'd have a blowout of games, and then right after that they'd release a press release, or a press kit that has like four games they didn't even talk about? They're kind of like, like one year they did it with Star Fox Command, one year they did it with Mario Party 10, they just don't tell you the games are in the press kit, and you just kind of find them. I suspect Arakami is one of those games this year. So then when Nintendo's presenting it to fans, they're like, yeah, check out all these amazing games we have, gamers, yeah, we love you. And then when they were like, look at the breadth of Wii U software to like more mainstream media art academies can be brought into the picture so they can kind of cater to both audiences so i suspect that's why i don't know why europe jumped the gun on announcing it but i suspect that's why north america a doesn't have an announcement yet and just a there's no b but i suspect that's the same thing about well i mean i I don't know like just because they're there doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna announce things first it's just uh, well, I guess it's just the age of the internet or whatever. Oh, We're, yeah, it's so... I know you're... Yeah, it's yeah. like... Yeah, because, like, oh, we, we know about Rhythm Heaven, and we already know about so many mini-games in that game. We know about Sketchpad. We know about... Art uh, Academy, uh, you mean. Sketchpad, we definitely know. Uh, I'm calling it Sketchpad. I know, I know, I know. Um, we know about... Well... We're going to talk about like some some Wooly World stuff. Yeah, before, voluntarily, yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we technically shouldn't know about, but we do. Yeah, it's fine. That when, it gets, when it gets unveiled, it's like, like, finally, instead of like, ooh. 
Yeah, it's true. Like, even the Splatoon stuff, like, they were announcing, like, Go Nintendo and those sites will aggregate the, like, Japanese Splatoon tweets translated with images. And then, like, a week later, it's on the U.S. Splatoon Tumblr. It's like, hey, did you know? And I'm like, I, I did. Yeah. I think, to some extent, Nintendo knows not everyone knows it, so it doesn't help to repeat it. But it is weird when they, like, unveil something. Yeah. It's almost like... And to I, a lesser extent, um, just games coming out a lot. Like, I mean, I, I'm mainly referring to... Um, Phoenix Wright game. Right, the great Phoenix Wright. Yeah, the great Phoenix The great Wright. Ace Attorney. Exactly. Yeah, DGS. Yeah. And how, like, the game, it looks basically done. They already have a box cover. They've already shown so many levels. Shock comes all over it. But it's like, when are we gonna hear anything, if ever? But Or how about the fact that Dragon Quest Seven is getting poured to the 3DS in Japan, but not a peep about it coming to America? No. But the game already has, like, box art or release again, it, it took forever to get... Phoenix Wright games over here, like Phoenix Wright Five, yeah, and especially that other one. That other one? You have Laden versus Phoenix. That one oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that one. I don't know what Nintendo. Why Nintendo? That was mainly level five, or was that Nintendo? Well, what's was weird doing? is wasn't that one in Europe for a while before it came? It here? was in Europe. It was in Europe since the almost. It was in Japan after, but, for a long time. Yeah. Then it came to Europe eventually, and then and then us after. Yeah, like much I don't after. know. I wonder if Nintendo's just like, we'll fill the release date gap with this down the road. I'm not sure what that was about. I mean, at this point, it does feel like they're just using it to fill gaps. But. Yeah, but but it's true. You raise a good point. That, like, in the age of the internet, like, we try not to talk about... No, actually, on the show, we, we often talk about things, in this case, from Europe or from Japan. But I feel like when there's games announced only for Japan, I usually personally try and shy away from having thoughts but, on them. Because A, they're it's... translated. It's weird. Like, rough translation, so you never know. And B... We may never see it. There's a while that we used to cover announcements from Japan, like Samurai Warriors 3 is coming to 3DS. Great. That was announced in Japan forever ago. We never talked about it because it's already odd it's going to come here. Turns out it's coming here next month on the eShop. But it's just like, like in Japan, they have Nintendo costumes. In America, they don't. So it'd be weird if we're like... They have that badge center thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the karaoke joy sound. Wait, what did you say? Badge center. Oh, badge. Badge center. Yeah, collectible badge center. That's something we've never talked about. For those that don't know, basically you customize your 3DS home screen with stickers and badges. Which is awesome. Kind it's of really, you like peg them into the slots that games go. It's yeah, really cool. It's really cool, sort of. But for whatever reason, it's not coming <laughs> to the US, and then I'm kind of like... Wait, do you have to pay for every single pen? I don't even know how Yeah, it's all microtransactions. Not all of them. Some come with games and stuff, but it's mostly microtransactions. Wait for you to make money, because customization is bigger in Japan than here. You know, see the cell phone key charms and all that. It would be a nice way but, to fill in the empty space that I refuse to put stings in because... Because you're weirdly OCD symmetry. about symmetry, yeah. But no, but my point was, like, we could talk about it, but we're going to say, that's cool out Japan, is that? That's <laughs> it. Like, we don't know, there's no, it's not like we'd be like, that's a fair price yeah. or not, because we don't know the Japanese, econ- like, money Go buy and, an imported Japanese 3DS. And buy, and just for this, and get raised to, like, a buck fifty on a little sticker of Nikki from Swapno, and you work on the love it. But no, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know why Nintendo does this. And they even acknowledge it. There was in some director or something that Bill Trent's like, now I know if you've been following it from the news from Japan, you know all of this about Xeoblade Chronicles X, but... Like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. So while we're on topic of international news... Oh, well, actually, first, before we get to that, so you have Sketchpad, Art Academy Sketchpad, just backpelling the Art Academy for a minute. You have Sketchpad. What do you think? Like, are you going to get the full game now that you've messed with Sketchpad? Can you not wait to use Charcoal? Um, I don't know about Charcoal, but... Or um, share to YouTube? No, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about getting the game. I've never had an Art Academy game, and I've always been curious. You I've always must, just been yeah. curious how... They handle, like, the lessons, like, how in-depth do they get? Like, are there any good? I right. mean, like, obviously, it's not going to substitute, like, actual lesson. Maybe it's, like, more of a supplement, yeah, but I don't wait, know. Wait, wait, are you telling me that Vincent in the game, I think that's the name of the, of the, of the tutorial guy, Vincent, the digital teacher, is not as good as a real human one? 
Is that possible that a pre-written digital one that can't answer your questions is going to be worse than I'm being sarcastic? But I don't know. I mean, you never know. No, unless you have some sort of crazy AI. That would be weird if you actually was as good as a real teacher. Well, but. it's just more with the stuff they program in there. Yeah, yeah. I obviously, mean, that was my joke. I was being sarcastic, but I realized it came off too serious. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... No, just curious just to see what Nintendo is doing with this. Yeah. I mean, if I had art skills, I'd be into it, because I think the sharing stuff is super cool. I mean, Miiverse is made for this sort of thing. People share art on it all the time. And they were saying in the press release, which I didn't really mention, that you'll actually be able to like browse Miiverse for art inspiration, I guess do some sort of split screen or something. They didn't really elaborate, but there's like, you can, you know, draw an inspiration from Miiverse. So there's going to be some way you can look at what people do on Miiverse and then draw your own thing while looking or something. Or they just worded the press release really funny. I'm not sure which. Mm. But... But yeah, so I don't know. I'm guessing it'll probably be in the U.S. sometime, tail end of summer. But we shall see. Maybe it'll do a surprise release and release it like third week of June or after E3. <laughs> Beat Europe by like four days. Maybe. But but speaking of Europe, other news from Europe. You mentioned Yoshi's Warrior World, and that's what we. Uh, that's the last bit of pre-E3 news from Nintendo themselves about games. And again, Europe's jumping the gun because they're getting Yoshi's Warrior World soon. I think in June as well. So they are talking more about the amiibo support in there. So we already knew, uh, for those who maybe didn't know, you scan in the Yarn Yoshi amiibo and you get a second character It's kind of like your... You control both, he's like your little copa, you can throw him in the hard reach places to get stuff, it's great. But now, it, it turns out, if you scan any Smash Bros amiibo, that's not a Pokemon, and any Mario series amiibo, you will unlock a skin for Yoshi that is super adorable and basically turns him into Toad, or Little Mac, or Samus, or Captain Falcon, or Link, or... Anyone. <laughs> Olimar, or, you know, you get the idea. And they all, some of them look a lot better than others. Toad looks spot on. The Mario one's kind of cool. The Link one's kind of whatever. I had no idea Pit was Pit. Yeah, Pit doesn't even look like Pit. Like, some are definitely better than others, but, uh... The other one looks pretty cool. Yeah, but it's a really cool... Even though they don't really look like DDD, like, the color pattern just make it look cool. Yeah, yeah, but it's really cool, and I really like how they're doing, like, they released a trailer before they announced this, where it's like, look at all these, like, hundreds of different Yoshi like arrangements of fabric and other like different skins you could put on him and it seems like there are going to be five differently skinned Yoshis this sounds like I'm talking about race or something there's going to be five races of Yoshi hidden throughout each level and I believe if you find them all you then unlock those skins or something like that I'm not entirely sure on that but there's something kind of neat like that but it's cool because like this to me is the type of harmless value add that makes Amiibo so great like it's kind of like the Mario Kart costumes in, in, in a way because you know if you want an Amiibo great you can make your Yoshi look like Toad and it'll be awesome and you can have fun with it but you're not losing out per se if you don't have the amiibo. You're just like, oh well, my Yoshi looks like Yoshi, which is what it was designed to look like. So I guess that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's no paywall. There's no. There's kind of a paywall, but there's no like harm in the paywall. It's not hindering yeah. your experience in any direct way. But it's also kind of cool how like you scan it in and it stays. It stays on him. Until you scan another one, right? Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, a one and done. It's not just, like, one level is Mario. It'll, he'll be Mario Yoshi. Yeah. Forever. Or until you turn it off, I guess. Forever. Forever. But, uh, but you know, that Amiibo thing actually raises a interesting point in that, I don't know if you've noticed, but I think now that Splatoon is out, we got closer to launch, more and more people online have been talking about this, and that's the idea that, like, when Amiibo are starting to unlock actual content, it's kind of a problem. Like, Smash Bros., okay, so they give you a new AI thing, and that makes sense. You need the amiibo to trigger the AI colon because it's like, a, it's like having your own little physical Pokemon. But, like, something like Splatoon, they, all they did was kind of erect a paywall around a plastic figurine that people are having a lot of trouble finding. 
which more and more people are starting to realize is, and I think we've talked about it on the show in the past in some regard, but it's basically DLC that you can't easily buy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like normally it's like, oh, I want I want 20 challenge missions in Splatoon. I'm going to go to the eShop and spend five bucks and get 20 challenge missions in Splatoon. Splatoon. Except no, I'm not, because I have to go on a scavenger hunt for a three-pack of Amiibo, because the green guy only comes... By the way, they look awesome. I got mine today in the mail. Oh, they look so good. But, uh... That's, that undermines my point a little. But yeah, I'm going to go on find like a little Amiibo figurine that's impossible to find, scan him in, and there's the 20 levels I just wanted from the start. It's on disc DLC in disguise. Mm, I don't know. It, but it really does depend on the mentality. Yeah, to, I think... Because, yeah. like, I mean, like, on the other end, like, I mean, this is kind of the way I see it, because it's like, okay, you get these costumes that... I mean, all they do is give you costumes. They kind of give you different ways to go through the same levels, which... It's cool, but yeah. like, it's not necessary. It's not going to... But if you want like all yeah. the content on the disc, you're now unable to get it. You can't even pay money to get it. You have to pay time. You have to pay energy. You have to pay Amiibo subreddit viewing <laughs> or Twitter viewing. Like, it's more... You know, that that's my... Uh, and personally, here's the thing. I personally don't mind too much either because, like, well, there are two mentalities. You're right. If you're looking at I, it, it's I, like, I'm collecting Amiibo. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. I just, that's kind of what I was going to say. Like, since I... I, at first, wasn't really playing on getting the Amiibo, but after I saw kind of like how they look... Well, actually, no. They look... They're probably, actually, probably the best-looking Amiibo. I, actually, I take that back. I wasn't really planning on getting the Inkling Boy and... Well, the girl looked kind of cool. Well, I wasn't really planning on getting the Inkling Kids yeah. all that much. I just wanted the squid. Same. But, but in order to get the squid, I had to get all of them. Same. I, I didn't really care what they would unlock in the game because I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, Same. I mean, <laughs> but now, now that I have them, it's like... Hmm, it's bonus now. So it's like yeah, like yeah. I definitely, I'm definitely looking at it from the collector side, not the gamer side. Yeah, which, yeah. which I know kind of. Well, I mean, I'm in the same. And if anything, it just and also it just kind of makes the the costume unlock. I feel a little more valuable. I mean, literally, literally. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this undermines the whole like the fact that they're hard to get. I mean, that's like another challenge. Like, I mean, if they were readily available, this would be I, a moot point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, that the the costume you get with the squid, I mean, it just makes the guy look like the samurai a, a, one, an aquatic predator. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting because like the costume thing again, kind of like with Yoshi Boy World, it's like fine, give a costume. It's not harming. It's not changing the game. They're just making it work for real. the costume. Yeah, it's not really like in real real life video gaming, real life gaming scavenger hunt. But but what I was gonna say is like, no, I meant in the game. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just giving you the costume, or you know better yet. Why don't, until they figure out their Amiibo situation, just say, okay, we're going to release the same DLC for eight bucks. You just don't get a costume. You don't get, or yeah, say you don't get the costume maybe, or maybe you do get the costume, but you obviously don't have the Amiibo. So the value add of paying 13 bucks for the Amiibo or 30 for the three pack I mean, is, I mean, they still might, but that just seems like a middle ground they, t- they could do possibly. Because like, again, I'm in the same boat as you. I look at it as, as like a value add to a figurine I'm buying anyway, in this case, the green squid. But I, I, I should say, my god, those Amiibo look so good. Those are probably the best-looking, so, quality-wise Amiibo. So if this was added, say, maybe a few weeks later, you feel like people wouldn't mind. It's much kind of like the Toad thing. You have to download an update, and then you unlock the Toad. The Toad finds scavenger hunt. Well, no, because you still need Toad to unlock that. Mm. You still need to scan Toad to get to find to do the well, scavenger hunt. I mean, hunt. you technically don't really have to. I mean... I if, thought that... Oh, it highlights them. That's right. Or no, it unlocks no, them, no, right? no, no, no. What I mean is, like, sure, when you scan Toad, um, he makes, like, the... I mean... You have to scan them beforehand, yeah. and then, like, Toad little Toad runs into the book and whatever. Right. But, I mean, that could have just been, like, Toad... TLC you pay for. Yeah, like, the Toad just could have... They could just be hiding in the levels anyway. Yeah. I mean... That's what I mean, though. Like, why... 
Why no, did Nintendo have to say you have to pay thirteen dollars for this semi-rare one? Oh, that's right. Well, I, I forgot. I didn't even finish my point. Sorry, you you, you just no, stopped talking. No, 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 so no, 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 no. That's not like I felt like yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so people seemed perfectly fine with the toad thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Just like okay, they you download this update, then you get to add toad as DLC because they already had the full game. They didn't know about this DLC. Right. I feel like if um if it wasn't on disc day one. Maybe it would yeah, be bad. Because then people would be like, oh, okay, I already got a game. <laughs> not, not yeah. I was going to say a full game, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's weird because I remember like 18 months ago... I mean, if it came later, I feel like people would be like, okay, I have to download that separately. It wasn't in there. It's just yeah. people on this DLC mentality. Yeah, and I remember like 18 months ago, I went on a rant on this very show. This very podcast. And uh, basically it was like, it's so stupid on this DLC. Like, I can't believe Capcom does it so much. And I was going on like this tear about yeah. it. And then Amiibo came out. I, and I didn't once... <laughs> yeah, I didn't once think oh well that's stupid and now after i'm seeing people start to bring it up more with splatoon i mean it's, it's still a minority saying it but it's a larger minority i'm just kind of like oh yeah they have a point i was really against on this dlc but i'm somewhat okay with amiibo because i like the figurines but it's the same philosophy and what's weird is like we don't know what nintendo's gonna do with amiibo going forward because we're it's like a crossroad right now where Half the games do, like, random little value ads, like costumes, and the other half of the games are, like, serious things. And the concern, I guess, is, like, what if Nintendo keeps going down the Splatoon route, and then, like, the next Mario or the next Zelda you're playing, and, like, you know, what would normally be in a Mario or Zelda game that you play in the past is now behind a paywall of, you need to go buy this figurine. So it's kind of... I'm hoping Nintendo... I think they're still experimenting. I'm hoping they go more the route of uh, value ads versus paywalls, but I guess time will tell. What's interesting, though, is that if you think about it, what Nintendo's doing with all these paywalls and you need this plastic thing to play to fully experience the game is exactly what they've done for decades. I didn't think of this. I need to give credit where it's due. Steven Totillo, editor of Kotaku, a couple weeks ago, put up an editorial called The Amiibo Problem. And it wasn't really The Amiibo Problem, it was more The Plastic Problem. And his whole point was, and it's really true, Nintendo is obsessed with making you have to have plastic things to enhance your experience. In some cases, it's required. It's almost like an inverse of DLC. Instead of being like, oh, you need, you know, to enhance your experience, we'll unlock more stuff in the game. It's like, oh, well, to enhance your experience, you need Rob the Robotic Operating Buddy. You need a Rumble Pack You need on the N64, or an Expansion Pack on the N64. You need a Wii Wheel with Mario Kart. You need a Wii Speak with Animal Crossing U. You need a Zap, a Wii Zapper with Link's Crossbow Training. You need a Rumble Adapter on the DS. You need a rumble adapter, yeah, on the cartridge for the DS. Yeah. You need, how about uh, the e-reader and its cards, where what was basically the prototype for Amiibo, where it's like, hey, we hid some stuff away in Mario 3. Only way to unlock it is to scan seven cards on your Game Boy, and then Mario Advance has it. Or even worse, we have Animal Crossing on GameCube. Do you want to unlock some extra NES games in it? That's great. Plug in a Game Boy Advance, which requires a separate plastic cable. Get a separate plastic card reader. Go buy a pack of these uh, barcoded-labeled cards and scan seven cards in. And transfer it to the GameCube, and boom, look, free free NES game. So it actually isn't anything new that Nintendo's doing. They just switched from doing plastic, real-world plastic enhances digital, or wait, that's wrong, that's still that. But they switched from doing, like, you, have, you experience something more in the real world, a wheel, a gun, to you experience something more in the digital world using the same idea of we're going to sell you more plastic. And what he was saying, which actually kind of, uh, kind of aligns with what I was saying, is that it's going to keep going down this road. You have games like Codename Steam. Now, very blatantly, he posted his screenshots very blatantly having their game tell you, oh, did you know there are some Fire Emblem... There are people from a world called Fire Emblem that you can uh, that you can meet in this game? All you need to do is buy Amiibo. Do you know what Amiibo are? 
explain it to me. No, thank you. You know, it's like menu options. Like, that's just in the game. Like, you're playing the game, and it's just like, hey, have you heard about Amiibo? And, like, well, like I said, what's to stop them from going one step further and doing that with Mario down the road? Like, you buy Mario Galaxy 3 or whatever it's called. It's like, hey, we'd love to take you to this side planet full of 20 new, uh, like, planetoids. But, I mean, have you heard of Amiibo? That's the only way in. Like, it's just, like, it seems weird, because they're really shoving down. Yeah, the Rosalina Amiibo, they're really easy to find. Yeah, yeah, or it's like, have you been to your local Target lately for Rosalina? Like, it's just really, it's, I don't want to call it dangerous, but Nintendo made a point at their financial briefing that they're going to start putting more and more Amiibo integration. You know, even Happy Home Designer, the Animal Crossing spinoff, that has Amiibo cards that are key to get, to playing it. It's just kind of like, how far is Nintendo going to go with this? I love Amiibo as figurines. I like the value adds of the costumes, but back of my mind, it's there's a growing concern that like, there's going to go down this road of everything requires Amiibo. Because what's to stop them? There's just a rumor, actually on Friday, that Animal Crossing Wii U is coming sooner than we may think. There's an interview with one of the guys that did a lot of the CG work, you know, like a lot of the rendering and stuff for Animal Crossing. Not like real CG. And um, he also was heavily involved in Splatoon. And he said, what can you tell us about Animal Crossing Wii U? And he's like... Nothing I can say at this time, or something like that. Like, he gave a very cryptic, like, hint, hint, there is something, I just can't say it yet, answer. And then he went on to say, by the way, did you know we're coming out with a 3DS Animal Crossing and it uses Amiibo, or something like that. And it's just kind of like, alright, so it sounds like the 3DS one's going to hook into the Wii U one when that happens, which will probably be this year, I bet we'll see it at E3. I mean, that's the last major franchise they haven't put out yet, or announced yet. But, how, how prevalent is the Amiibo's portrait? Like, how crucial will it be to have those Amiibo cards for the Wii U one? Is it going to be like, the only way to get new villagers is you scan them in? The only way to get new items is you scan them in? I don't think it'd be that extreme. But what's them to stop, what's I mean, to stop them like, from having, I feel like you know? A core part of Animal Crossing is the fact that people can move in at any time. They probably won't do villagers. I was just, I was just thinking, like, crazy thoughts. But, no, but seriously, what they said, oh, you know the Ro- the Roboto furniture set or whatever it was called? What if we just put those on cards exclusively? So if you were a fan of the robot Roboto oh, man. thing, the, 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 you know They would I mean? totally have, like, oh... Like at Comic Con, like play uh, some game and I'll give, give you a, a Roboto chair. Yeah. Yeah, like, or come to this event to get this exclusive. Um, exactly. Actual, like, a uh, Renaissance furniture. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm worried might happen. Like, stuff that we're used to seeing as standard Nintendo game fair, Nintendo mm-hmm. figured out a way to. Or join, like, oh, go to PetSmart and get the cat tower. Yeah, or, yeah, it'd be like, hey, we have a deal with, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, we have a deal with Best Buy where if you go and pick up Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Duck Hunt will be. Pet smart. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Right, go to go to Walmart and pick up the latest uh you know, Mario Kart and guess what? We're gonna give you a cart for your house in Animal Crossing. But if you buy it at anywhere any other store, oh well. Like they're bait Nintendo's basically all the things people have. Yeah, so you get a completely different thing that is probably just as cool, but yeah. you're gonna be torn between them. Exactly, and then you have to buy seven copies of the game to get them all. But Nintendo's basically doing all the things people hate about the third parties and Sony and Microsoft doing with like, you know, Pre-order, or they could do. They're at the cusp of doing stuff like different pre-order bonuses at different stores. DL, you know, unlocking extra things in the game directly through DLC. Yeah, the only difference is you call it Splatoon and no one cares, or not Splatoon. Sorry, you call it Amiibo and no one cares. I don't know why I said Splatoon. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I still think they're at a cusp, uh, or not a cusp. They're at a crossroads right now in terms of how they approach it, and maybe they'll keep doing the like a mix of both, which would maybe be the best case scenario i don't think they would drop paywall stuff entirely but it's an interesting interesting dilemma and it's funny that i bring this up now because as everyone who listens to the show probably knows friday was as it was nicknamed amiibo black friday 
because it was mayhem. It was everything. It was Silver Mario. It was Wave Force Smash Bros. It was Splatoon. It was a Mark restock. It was a DDD sort of restock. It was a Manite sort of restock. It was an Ike sort of restock. It I can keep going. It just was endless. And it was quite an event. And we both partook. And we have many stories to tell. Jose, how did it go for you? Um, sorry, Angel. I'm never going to get used to that. Yeah, say, like, who Who's Jose? Yeah, Angel. Like, it'll take me a while to get used to the name change, I'll be honest. But Angel, how, how did they go for you? Compared um, to like past Amiibo hunts. Because you've collected more than I have. Although I have quite the few stories uh, to tell. If you might have saw in my tweet, I meant this is the first time that I've ever actually felt like I wasn't, like there was a chance I might not get all, like the entire wave mm-hmm. on the day it launched. Because all the other waves, I didn't get any notifications. I just went on Amazon randomly, pre-ordered every single one, and that was it. No bust, no Right, anything. right. This time, it was like, uh, oh, Amazon is not putting theirs up yet? Oh, man, uh, okay, uh, I better go to Best Buy because that one just popped up. Yeah. And then, like, oh, man, I only managed to get three. I'm still missing, like, Mars Cena, and then, like, then GameStop, then, then Game, oh, yeah, Robin, and, like, Game, GameStop pops up out of nowhere, and then, like, oh, man, I may have to, I have to rush there after work, and then, like, the whole thing happened, and then, oh, I managed to get Jigglypuff out of nowhere, oh, Greninja went up at 3 a.m., so I missed that. It was just, all, it was just all over the place. Like, I managed to, I still managed to somehow pre-order every single one, but I've never had them come from completely different places. I mean, I... But this was to be expected, so, the way things were going. I mean, it's different, yeah. but like we knew months ago it was going to end up like yeah, actually, this. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it's I a mess know. though. Yeah. It definitely did not go... Getting Robin was surprisingly smooth. As yeah, far I, as I will say... Well, I mean, Amazon, I feel, definitely did a good job on that as far as the time thing. But I mean, I don't know, sometimes the site didn't work for everybody. It's yeah, weird. I think I think it's weird because basically... The retailers are slowly learning, which is nice. Because, like, Wave 3 was probably the biggest uh, cluster of all of them. Wave 4, yeah, it was a mess, and things were going up and down very quick, but it was organized. You knew when things were happening to some extent. Like, Amazon did this great thing for those who didn't have to see it where, um, I don't know how you did if you follow Amiibo whatsoever, but basically Amazon said, we're not going to do pre-orders. On day of release, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific, every half an hour, somewhere in that 30-minute window, every 30 minutes, we were going to release one amiibo and we will give you a list of who's at what time and you just refresh like mad and you get it which is nice because like you don't have to sit there at 1 a.m and be like will it be up should i go to sleep should i stay awake like you know when it's happening downside is they sell out ridiculously fast so my pride and joy they have yeah they have a product that like they say that all right every half an hour one is going to go up and they basically all sold out within half hour except for pac-man and inkling boy yeah i also uh you know what this you know what this is you know amiibo have become they are the 20 teens Beanie Babies. That That's it. They're Beanie Babies. They are Nintendo's Beanie Babies, and they are selling gangbusters. But what's crazy about Amazon is the advantage is, um, obviously, you have some context of when it will go up, and you know what to do. Disadvantage is everyone else does, too. So my, my pride and joy of Amiibo Day was Lucina went live. I didn't originally plan to get Lucina, but then I was wanting to get Marth, and no one was posting Marth. I didn't get when it was flickering really on sucks, Amazon. Apparently, he was supposed to go up at Target, but he didn't. But Apparently, they're shipping him to stores. They're putting him online now. That's oh, the rumor. Man. Yeah, there's always rumor like reports. And, yeah. But, so, yeah, Lucina comes up at, like, you know, 10 minutes into the half hour. And I'm just sitting there refreshing at work, like, constantly. And I see it, and I buy it, and I'm done. And in that window, it's sold out. Which isn't, isn't that crazy. It's sold out that fast. But it turns out it's sold out so fast 
six seconds, six to ten seconds is what was estimated, that the majority of people who were refreshing the page, the refresh was longer than the time it was available. Not because they have slow internet, because it went that fast. Like, people never saw it go on sale. So people were like, I got Lucina. Like, I texted you. I'm like, I got Lucina. Yeah. And you're just like, it's not even up yet. What are you talking about? I'm like, yes, it is. I, it, I, I, here's my order confirmation. Like, it was lightning fast. And Robin was the same, but we both lucked out. Yeah, I had lightning strike twice for me, basically. Because yeah. Robin, again, I got it in another six-second window. Yeah, most people never saw it. They were bad enough that Amazon's video game Twitter, actually, those were the only ones that Amazon would tweet, sold out. And they did every single other ones. They'd be like, "Oh, it's available now. Here's the link." That one they didn't even give a link. They're just like, "Sold out. Don't even try." But so that was an interesting experience. But I was saying retailers are getting better at it. It's true. Toys R Us, very organized. From what I didn't go myself, but from what I was reading, um, they have plenty of Greninja or had plenty of Greninja for the initial wave. Some stores had 130 of them. Most had at least like 80, which is nuts. Um, so that was good. Target was a bit of a mess, but. Uh, but GameStop, a lot of the stores were putting stock inventory on. They had special signs made up, like GameStop did, like flyers that you they fill in the numbers and they put them on the door. So when you get there to line up at whatever hour of the night, you know there's no chance in hell, or maybe there's a decent shot. No, a lot of them didn't have like any Robin Lucina or even Charizard, which is yeah. We got super lucky with Lucina and, and Robin because they are, I think, by far the rarest of the bunch. Well, actually, Ness is the rarest, and these guys come second. And I feel like GameStop in particular learned from the mistake they had of a lot Ness. Of Silver Mario's. Yeah, Silver Mario ended up being really kind. You know what's funny about Silver Mario is this is just an example of how crazy the Amiibo day was for me. It's ten to one eight. It's he still sold out. All his pre-orders always sold out. Yeah, but it took it took on Walmart. It took him like two hours to sell out. But um, I, I think it's people just not being sure he's rare enough, so they just bought him. Yeah, I mean, because here's what happened. I wasn't going to get Silver Mario. I had Gold Mario, and then you convinced me to get Silver because you're like, can you complete the set? You need both. It's all those in-betweeners. I know, and I'm like, all right, fine. Those, those pseudo. Yeah collectors that not, are not really sure like every time they buy one they're like I don't know why I'm buying these yeah but here's what here's so here's what happened to me so I'm Jason like, uh, no honestly mm-hmm. I am I cannot tell you why I have Robin because I don't know well actually no I do know I was buying it for you but then you guys now I have it and I'm like oh okay that's true but um so, there's so many people listening right now like what the hell <laughs> give it to me uh maybe I will we'll see but um intent but uh what was I gonna say Oh, yeah, so the Silver Mario thing was funny because there's like 1245 in Hastings. They're like an FYE competitor, kind of. They're an entertainment store. There used to be one when I lived in Montana. No, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, and they have a website of gohastings.com, and it's kind of old school. You can't cancel an order on the site. You have to call them if you need to cancel. Like, it's it's a fully like functional B&H. site. Yeah, it's like, kind of B, it's like B&H but a little bigger scale because B&H only has one store. Uh, so, anyway, they post it. No image for it. No, no image for it. It's a placeholder, like, box that said image unavailable, and I'm like, I don't know how rare Silver Mario is going to be. It's 12.45, morning of Amiibo Day. I'll just buy it, whatever. So I bought it. I like 12.45 a.m. 110 rolls around, and suddenly Walmart has it. And I'm like, buck cheaper at Walmart. They're reliable. I know they pack it well. I've gotten, I got the gold one from them. Okay, so I buy it at Walmart at 110 in the morning. And I'm like, I'm going to go cancel at Hastings. So I go back to Hastings, and it's like, oh, you want to cancel? You got to call starting at 7 a.m. Central Time, this phone number. And I'm like, it could ship before I even wake up. Because I get, I mean, I get for work at like 7.30 Pacific, which is already 9.30 that time. So I'm like, okay, I'll keep Hastings. I'll go back and cancel Walmart. And now I'm realizing we could have like given it away on the site and I shouldn't have canceled it, but oh well. So um, I go back to Walmart. 10 minutes after. Just I, by GameStop. I mean, yeah, well, now that's the thing. So I go back to Walmart and cancel that one. I'm like, oh, I hope Hastings pulls, pulls through. I really do. By the way, they did. I got a shipping confirmation about 10 minutes before we started recording this. But, so you um, could have definitely called. 
I, yeah, but I didn't know because they said they ship as quickly as possible, usually within a day. And I'm like, well, it's possible that they'll ship that fast. So, in other words, I had two. I had one that I got from a retailer I wasn't sure about because I didn't know how rare it would be. Then I saw Walmart had, so I got it there because I knew them. But then I saw that I couldn't cancel the first one, so I'm like, screw it, I'll kick the gamble. And then by the end of the day, it turns out everyone had Silver Mario's all day. So the kind of funny thing is, you don't really know with Amiibo how it's going to pan out. Even when you think you know. I thought Silver Mario would be a little rarer more rare than it is. It's probably the most common one. I'm so happy I got it, but it's just like, it's always kind of a, like, Ness, you know, will be rare, Robin, Lucina, but did you expect Wario to be a little, to be rarer than Pac-Man? Probably not, but he is. At least the current wave of him. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. But, tip for I mean, wave one five. Of, I mean, someone from this wave has to end up being like that one that pops up everywhere, and which will probably be Pac-Man. It's so. Pac-Man. It's totally Pac-Man. Yeah. He's still available right now. But tip about wave five, everyone. Check the low, the smaller retailers. Go Hastings, Tiger Direct. Actually, Tiger Direct canceled a bunch of words. Maybe not them. Newegg. All those were going live at like 12.30, you know, right at the beginning of Amiibo Day at like 12.30 a.m. And, you know, they were selling out quick, but they were ones that like people don't have alerts set up for. They were ones that the scalpers weren't automatically on top of. So if you're in like an Amiibo subreddit or follow the right Twitter accounts and you see those, you're pretty – it's a much safer bet than Walmart, Target, Best Buy. Best Buy hasn't even posted anything online today at all. They had in-store – and they had stuff pre-order, like all the ones I got today of this platoon and uh, or Friday of this platoon and um, Pac-Man. I ordered from Best Buy in like April, but they put up nothing today. It's like it never happened on their website. So I don't know. That's my that's my personal tale. But it's definitely a big deal. Splatoon's like bigger than ever. A truck of Splatoon amiibo was stolen in the UK. Oh, like it's going from Tesla Warehouse to Game, which is their GameStop over there. To games warehouse and it's a truck full of special edition amiibo or special edition splatoon that comes with the green squid amiibo and the entire truck was stolen we've reached that point of the amiibo situation people were stealing trucks for the presumably for the amiibo maybe they thought they're playstation 4s and they're sorely disappointed i don't know but it's crazy that that happened and it sounds like by comparison your day was kind of tame because i mean you had ones you needed but you're just like, okay, I'll log in at 3.30 and I'm done. And I'm like, at 2 a.m. I'm still yeah, awake. Well, just I mean, like, should I stay up? What do I do? Yeah, because I, mean, I think the difference, the main difference between me and, um, I don't know, I guess, um, the people that end up having to line up is that I feel like I'm definitely really on top of all the online ones. Me too, yeah. So for the most part, I mean, I've never had to buy one in store for that matter. So That's true. I didn't. Unless, to... well, with the exception of Nessa and the exception of Ness because it yeah. made you <laughs> yeah yeah that's true I have not bought a new way for in a store I'm just getting like multiple packages a day now no, like, who buys the new one stores what is this 1999 like who goes to stores no they come to me <laughs> but uh, but yeah it's, it's interesting that it's interesting that it's still as big of a deal and it's funny because like even my coworkers like getting invested in me getting these because I was mentioning it at work it's like oh yeah I'm trying to get these and they're like you know I'd be like I got the one on Amazon everyone would be like oh yeah cool like awesome <laughs> just, yeah, high five yeah like no literally one of my coworkers high five me <laughs> it's like yeah we're all nerds except I'm the only game nerd but either way um, I would say in many ways it's probably was even though it was more jumbled and more chaotic it kind of was smoother than Wave 3 oh yeah yeah so well they, it was smoother. The day, of, the day, of. day of was smoother. The lead up was a complete and total cluster, but day of was much smoother. And it makes me hopeful that if all retailers maybe just say we're not going to do pre orders. Name from Wave 3. Uh, the Mario series. Ones. All the Mario ones. Mario, Luigi, Toad, Peach, Bowser. I got Toad. I got Toad Wait, who else came out on Wave 3? Exactly. 
That, I don't even count that. I'm talking about Wave 3 of Smash Brothers. That wasn't even a Wave. Was there a Wave 3? There had to be a Wave 3. We're on Wave 4. Yeah. Wave Who was in Wave 3? Shulk. DDD. DDD, Shulk. Yeah, the February Wave. DDD, Shulk, Rosalina, Meta Knight. I had a lot of exclusive. Lucario. Yeah. See, Toy Dress learned a lot because Lucario was a complete mess. And Greninja was a complete success. Yeah. But yeah, this one, this one, Day Of, is a lot cleaner. I almost wish, and I feel like a lot of Amiibo people are like, don't say this, Jason. I almost wish all retailers would just do Day Of and give a timetable. Because, yeah, it kind of sucks that you're competing, but at least you don't have to, like, do weird hours. And you don't have to be, like, and you know, the, the best crash. coast and the, and the worst coast. Because, like, everything's, like, midnight for us in L.A. but And the West Coast, but it's, like, 3, 4 a.m. for New York and no one's awake. Like, at least it makes it a little more fair. Actually, I take it back. Don't do that, because I got all the Amiibo I wanted. So, <laughs> I'm happy. I will say, though, I bought way more Amiibo than I expected. I'm officially a fully hooked. Do you remember, like, a year ago, we were talking about Amiibo, and I'm like, I'm only going to get, like, three. I'm going to stop, stop at three. Well, I realized I got Silver Mario, Lucar, uh, Lucina, Robin, Inc. all three Inkling ones, all three Splatoon ones, uh, Pac-Man, Gold Wario. Gold Mario. No, I'm just talking about this wave. Oh. I got 6 out of 8, or 6 out of 9, and I was planning to knock it. Well, there's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's... I'm forgetting some. I had a whole list. But I was thinking... Uh, Jigglypuff. I didn't get Jigglypuff. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's I didn't get most of these. That's it. There's 12. Yeah. But it's just like, it's weird, because like, I was listing them off, I think, to you in a text message. And then I realized, as I was writing, I'm like, oh, my God. I became what I said I wouldn't be. I'm the annoying. I'm the guy that's like trying to collect them, but not collect all of them. But I'm getting way You're the more. The guy that's reducing stock for the ones that I actually want them. Hey, I actually want them. Well, not Robin. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like Robin. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Robin. But I, uh, yeah, Nintendo hooked me. It worked. I didn't think it would work, but it totally worked. You just so knew from Nintendo. the start. You knew from the start. But for me, it was like, yeah. I don't know. But anyways, that's the amiibo situation. Enough of that tangent, though. Um. The original point of all this was, man, those yarn Yoshis look adorable as different amiibo, don't they? Uh, I suspect we're going to hear a lot about that and all the other amiibo stuff at E3. I think we're going to see a ton about amiibo cards, especially if Animal Crossing Wii U turns out to be true and use some. We're going to see Wave 5. We're probably going to see some news maybe about Wave 6 even. Uh, maybe not. That might be too far away. We're going to see other games use amiibo. Um, Star Fox will probably use them in some way. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be... Amiibo's going to be front and center, I feel like, at E3. That's my big E3 prediction. It's all going to be Amiibo. Amiibo, Amiibo, Amiibo. You know how big Amiibo is? Groupon was selling them. Not only was Groupon selling them, but I got your local... Like, I signed up for Groupon. That's another one. Check Groupon next time, guys, because they actually had them, and they were available for a few minutes, but I had to make an account, so I didn't get the opportunity. But I was like, oh, they have Silver Mario. Get it on Groupon. They only had 90, but still... Um, but I got an email the next morning. Holy deals on Groupon. Like, highlighted deals for all of Los Angeles. Number one, deal. We have Amiibo for the entire county of Los Angeles. Amiibo was the biggest headlining thing they had this morning. That's how big it's become. It wasn't just like a video. They had the whole way for it? What? They had all of way for They had all of way for very briefly, at about 12.15. So again, the little guys sometimes are the good ones to look at. Word to the wise, everyone. But uh, So yeah, I think we're going to see Amiibo at E3. One thing we are not going to see at E3, though is most likely, actually definitely, Project Cars for Wii U. So, this game's been around for a while. I think we only really talked about it when it was first announced a couple of like years ago. It's development forever. It has been development forever. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a realistic Gran Turismo-style uh, racing sim. It's by an indie developer named Slightly Mad Studios, who are more than slightly mad for 
doing something this ambitious and having it actually pull off pretty well on like next gen and PC, which is what's currently on. Wii U, they keep saying or kept saying would be coming. They originally started as a crowdsourced free-to-play game. Then they were like, let's do a boxed retail game. And then Bandai Namco was like, hey, we'll publish that for you. And now they have like a publisher and everything. And it's like, you know, it's crowdsourced, it's crowdfund news, Kickstarter, all that jazz. And it became like this whole ambitious thing. It looks really good. The graphics are really impressive. It's super like hardcore sim. And it was going to be on Wii U. It was going to be on Wii U. But now it's starting to sound like it's not going to be on Wii U. And that's because of hardware limitations. Which, when you're talking about a very high-end next-gen game and PC game, it's somewhat understandable. So, on their forum, their studio head, uh, a guy named Ian Bell, gave a status update that basically said they tried to do it for, they started to do it, you know, work on the Wii U version. It's at 23 frames per second, which is not good. And it's at 720p, which is okay, I guess. But at in the current situation, they don't think the Wii U is powerful enough to handle it. They want to look towards the NX, maybe put on Nintendo's next system, and they're waiting for NX news at E3 to make a decision on if they cancel the Wii U one, transfer it, or what. First of all, they clearly didn't get the memo that there's no NX at all at E3. That's not happening until 2016, so they're going to wait a while. But more to the point, um, it's actually kind of nice they did this. Like, so many publishers would make up an excuse or try some sort of weird, twisted way of doing it, but it was refreshingly honest that they broke down exactly what's wrong with it and said, here's our dilemma, here's the trouble we're facing, here's what we're thinking, we just wanted to let you know. Unfortunately, they then immediately destroyed all that goodwill with a follow-up interview with Nintendo Life that just, like, rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. Because, granted, people complained when they said that. They're like, but you've been promising it for years. But uh, then they did the interview with Nintendo Life, and they... We got too ambitious. They ended up making the game bigger than... What yeah, but they see, if they said that, that would be fine. But you know what he said? Oh, no, 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 no. We didn't say we were making it for Wii U. We said it may come... It's a maybe for Wii U. Right, it's a maybe. That's why they collected crowdfunding. Now, from my understanding, this is what they did. I might be slightly misinformed, but that's why they collected crowdfunding for a Wii U version. That may or may not be happening. That's why they talked about how they're going to use the gamepad and how it's being worked on already for something that apparently wasn't even a planned thing. And that's why they, for over two... Since the Wii U came out, have been promising this as a Wii U game. Promising. Not saying we might consider, saying we want to bring this game to the system and we plan to do so. And now he's like... Oh, we never said any of that. We said maybe. And I guarantee the people that crowdfunded it for a Wii U version aren't going to see refunds. I mean, maybe they'll do something really great, and they will. But right now, they're not talking about doing that. Uh, they, It's just like, I know third parties have a habit of doing this with Nintendo systems where they promise one thing and then slowly back away and end up canceling the game. But we haven't had it in a while. When you have a studio that's still connected to its community and does such a good job of literally being like, here's our issue, here's why we have this issue... To then throw it all away and kind of dub, like double speak to fans, I don't know. It's just it's all speak a term, but I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. It's just like, why would you? Why did you have to make up a whole excuse and tell people that everything you told them for the last two years you never told them and make them think? Why are you treating people so stupidly? We all know you were going to bring it to Wii. You said you're going to bring it to Wii. If you can't bring it, so be it. I I think most fans would understand. Like you said, the big, the game got bigger than the platform it was intended for. It happened. Yeah, but to then go back and be like, oh, we never told you we were bringing it, and to kind of lie to people's faces, that just, that's not good a good way to support your fan base, and I feel like they may suffer. I mean, I don't know what they were expecting. Were, did they think people were going to be like, oh, you didn't? Oh, oh okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. 
I mean, I guess you weren't, and I just got my hopes up for nothing. Well, I mean, I guess that's my fault. I mean, that's my bad. Yeah, I like how many people are like, oh, yeah, I've been hyped for this game for two years for no reason, because I knew all along. I just tricked myself into thinking he said something he Back did. to Need for Speed, whatever. Yeah, now it's just Need for Speed. The new one's just Need for Speed. No, um, the one that already came out. Oh, yeah, Most Wanted. Yeah, that one's actually really fun. But yeah. But, yeah, it's just like... I don't know why they did that. And I mean, I hope the developers succeed with the game, and I hope it can come to Wii U or at least to NX, but why on earth would you lie like that? It just doesn't... I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way, so I just wanted to say that on the podcast. Like, I wanted to put it on record that I feel this way. Because <laughs> I don't even care. I'm not a big racing sim fan. I prefer arcadey experiences. But it was cool because it filled a void on the Wii U lineup that still exists. There's no game like this on the Wii U. It was a major project from a third party, which was cool. And then, as every third party does, they backpedaled so hard that they just fell off the bike. And now here we are. So, I don't know. It just it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, so I kind of want to touch on it. But And it is disappointing, even as someone who wouldn't necessarily have played the game. But, you know, I guess it is what it is. We'll see if it comes to NX. I mean, we can appreciate the fact that like there's more variety. Yeah, exactly. And I suspect it will not be coming to NX. I suspect what's going to happen is after E3, because they probably know it's not going to be at E3, the NX, they'll be like... Oh, yeah, so Nintendo didn't announce anything about the NX. So, you know what? It's not our fault that we have to cancel a game. Nintendo's next-gen system that didn't have a release date isn't coming when we wanted it to show up. So, mm-hmm. we're just going to go ahead and cancel the game, and sorry. Like, I don't know why they have to do all this whole song and dance. Just cancel it. If you know, they, the writing's on the wall. This thing's getting canceled. Project just cancel Cars it. Project Cars Remastered. Project Cars, Definitive yeah. edition for NX, eventually. Nah, it's never even gonna happen. They're just gonna. I mean, they might. I mean, they might just move on to something else by that point, yeah. and then whatever. Just it. I mean, I don't know why they have to go through this whole song dance. Just cancel the thing. You're already saying it's not running how you want. So why would you release an inferior product? Cancel it. It's fine. We understand. Maybe refund the crowdfunding people that bought into the Wii version. I don't know. But but back to things that will be at E3. That's a weird tangent. I know. But back to things that will be at E3. Um, it's not a game. But probably one of the biggest draws of the show is, of course, going to be the Nintendo World Championship, which is Nintendo's big follow-up to last year's Smash Bros. Invitational. And uh, just yesterday, this podcast goes up on Sunday, and on Saturday, Nintendo hosted the qualifiers at eight different Best Buys around the country, uh, one of which happened to be my local Best Buys. So expect some event coverage up on the site. Maybe Jason will enter and win. Nah, I can tell you right now, that's not. I'm not going to win. Because this is, cause keep in mind, this podcast is happening after the fact. We're recording it before the fact, but it's happening after the fact. So I have to talk in past tense to trick the whole audience. But I don't know if you're going to enter and win. Yet. No, I'm not. I'm not going to enter and win. I'm just going to go cover it. Which, which is my point that uh, in the next couple of days on the site, expect to see an extra with photos and coverage and whatnot of it. So keep an eye on RamNintendo.com or on Twitter at RamNintendo, and we'll share that. But in the meantime, well, we can't talk about what happened because as of this recording, it hasn't happened. We can talk about the setup and how they're approaching the tournament. So, for those who are unfamiliar, because Nintendo, while they publicized it, they didn't... All the details weren't very clear. They, like, put out press release that said half of them, then they put something on Best Buy's website that said another half of it, and you had to, like, kind of combine them. But basically, um, the way it works, it's working is that uh, they're, the first 750 people at each of the eight Best Buy's around the country, only eight, um, will be able to compete in the NES... Sorry, the Nintendo World Championship Remix of Ultimate NES Remix on the 3DS. Now, the NES Championship, or the Nintendo World Championship Remix Challenge, there we go, um, is on the Wii U version as well. So you can tramp on the Wii U one or the 3DS one, then you go Best Buy, you play it on 3DS. I assume that's because they can cram a lot more 3DSs into a small space at Best Buy and have multiple people compete opposed to the giant footprint that having huge TVs and whatnot would take up. So it's just easier to bring in some 3DSs. But um, for those unfamiliar with the challenge itself, it's actually kind of interesting. It's comprised of three different tasks. 
First you collect 50 coins in Super Mario Bros. NES. Then you collect 25 coins in Super Mario 3 NES. And then you do a puzzle of Dr. Mario. You know, random pills and all. So there's some skill involved. There's some luck involved. It's a bit of a speed run. You're clocked for the whole thing. You have six minutes and you want to do it as quickly as you can. And you're given individual scores for the, you know, the Mario coins and the Mario 3 coins. And then Dr. Mario. And the scoring actually leans a lot heavier on Dr. Mario than the other two. So there are two almost like warm-ups for Dr. Mario, which is a little up to chance. But um, you still need some skill. And that that's kind of something that I find interesting. A lot, a decent, not a lot, a decent number of people online were kind of upset by the fact that Nintendo was doing this. Because they were like, wait, no, but Dr. Mario's luck. Like, you don't pick the puzzle pieces. It's not testing your skill. It's testing your how you can react to luck. And it's like, well, no, that's what no, all video games are. It still is. It's just like, I mean... It's like, all right, I'm sure people were maybe, I, I, well, I was thinking if my, my thought process makes sense because um, I just came up with this on the spot. Um, when you're fighting someone in a fighting game, you don't know what moves they're going to throw out. So to you, like what the moves they're going to do is all random. Right. But you still have to be able to react fast. That's where your skill comes in. This, right. is the, this is essentially the same thing. This is just like the game throwing jams at you. Like, all right, I'm going to throw this one. But I mean, that's like I don't know. But the, but the thing is, I think their argument. I'm playing Devil's Advocate, so I agree with you 100. percent But I'm pretty sure their argument is more. But in a fighting game, you're 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 just doing the fight, and if you win the fight or you lose the fight, yes, the other opponent has an influence on that, but it's your skill. In this, it's like you may be super good at, you may have the best speed run time at Mario and Mario Three in theory, but then maybe by chance, some person is just gonna get super lucky with Doctor Mario, and their score will outweigh yours because they sucked at speed run. But they're really good at Dr. Mario. But here's the flaw. The thing is, to be decent at Dr. Mario, stuff be, I mean, no matter what you do, you stuff be pretty damn good at a video game I know, but to like, do this. But there's like, like two problems with that. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I guess, I don't know if they realize that in Dr. Mario as like Tetris, it tells you what pills is going to come next. So the strategy. So you can see what pills are going to come next. Yep. You already know what pills are going to be later on the ground. And they come by pretty slowly. So if you're like, if you play this game a lot and you already know the layout, yeah. Like Tetris, you already know, like, okay, if I have any of these colors coming up next, I already know exactly where to put them. You pretty much already know what you're looking for and where you're going to place it. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's still. So, skills. pretty much what I feel the people that are complaining the most are probably the ones that have played it the least. Yeah, or the ones that want something like a fighting game or like a Sma- you know, Smash Bros. or something. Something, where, which, something where you can remove random chance. Something which arguably would be a little easier. I mean, I feel like, honestly, I would feel like if you're going to test it's, someone yeah. in just general, like, gaming skill. You do kind of need to incorporate a game like this, and I feel it would be a lot more impressive. Because I mean, I agree. You're competing with everybody, like everybody at once. Yeah. It just makes the most sense. Like you're, you want to be the Nintendo champion. I mean, not only that, but fighting games, I feel like aren't even very associated with Nintendo in general. I feel like you would have to compete in some sort of platformer, race, puzzle game, some sort of Mario Kart esque thing. Like not even Mario. Well, I mean, there has to be Mario Kart, but like, yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I picture like that to be a platformer of some sort, which yeah. is they're doing. And, and a puzzle know, game, which yeah. they have. But yeah, it's just funny to me, because, like, first of all, let's say someone does If get, anything, I think it'd be weird if they put, like, any kind of, like, Smash Bros. or something. And let's say there. someone did get lucky. Let's say someone was, you know, man, managed to get a good combo in Dr. Mario and boost their score. They still may have taken four minutes collecting 25 coins. I, like, the odds that someone is going to get all three and hit, like, a home run, so to speak, and really suck at video games and not be deserving of being one of the eight finals go three is super low no, and more of the point get to, they definitely and more point it. if they get yeah if they get it, they deserve it yeah 
maybe they don't intend as intensely play video games, but the fact of the matter is they have a fa passion for Nintendo. They're interested enough in competing. There's no mo monetary prize. You go to you get to fly to L.A., which actually I find really funny because if you look at the uh, Facebook event for the tournament here in Torrance by my house, um, it's like win a trip to L.A. It's like cool. I can drive thirty minutes to get to the same place that you're sending them for two thousand dollars. But okay, um, <laughs> give me the money. But yeah, but um, I assume they're putting them in the hotel with the other people. But it's just like I don't know. And more importantly. Let's say, let's just say, okay, they'll put Smash Bros. as the qualifier. Let's let's run with this idea. We have no clue what games are in the na are in the World Championship. You may be kick ass at Smash Bros. and then you go to the Championship in, at Nokia Theater, you know, on June fourteenth, and it's like, oh yeah, so we decided to mix things up, and you guys are all gonna play Battle Corp for N sixty four, the obscure rare game. Mm. And you're like, well, I'm good at Smash. That doesn't mean you're good at every video game. Well, at least the advantage of the NES Remix thing is it actually gives you a breadth of, kind of like what you're saying, it covers all Nintendo's bases. So there's a breadth of like, well, you're, if you're pretty good at platforms, you'll do well. If you're pretty good at puzzle games, you'll do well. The only thing that's missing is some sort of competitive head-to-head -head thing, which I could see where people are coming from. But but yeah. even then, it's just like you're getting it's funny cause like, a sense of it. They yeah. could literally like do anything. Like they, I mean, they could have you like run through Donkey Kong Country and just add a score to any game. Yeah. Like, like any game, like... I don't know. That's kind. Of, I feel like that's really exciting. Like, for yeah, all, I think. I think. I mean, like, for all we know, like we may get like even. Um, I mean, just like this is just completely random. Like, oh, Chibi Robo, whoever can clean up the trash at the fastest, and, Dude, like, and, and, and the living room just gets it. Or imagine like, if that was how it ended. Or you fight like a random <laughs> boss in like Paper Mario sixty four, yeah. and like depending on how many hits, like like they, they'll figure out a way. It's the Nintendo to keep score. World Championship, not the smash bros world champ or whatever yeah you know but and, i mean i think people are also looking at it the wrong way the entire world championship because like for better or worse this is a marketing move this is not to crown the true absolute most diehard pro best otherwise they would have found a way to truly give everyone a chance not yeah just the first 750 people that have a car and not in action. eight locations did you know the one by in torrance which is here in the suburbs of la um it's the only one in all of the state of California. Or no, there might be one in San Francisco, but it's all of SoCal. SoCal, LA County is the largest county in the country, population-wise. And we have one Best Buy that's accepting 750 people. New York, they're not even doing it in the city. They're doing it out on Long Island. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, New, I think it's Long Island City they're actually doing it in, which is like, I mean, you could get a train there, but it's a bit of a trek if you live in Brooklyn, Manhattan, whatever. So this isn't like, like Chicago, they're doing it in a suburb as well. This isn't, the be-all and end-all. It's a marketing move. And I think if you look at it that way, like, all Nintendo's doing here is they're going, we're going to highlight our E3 games, not just at the press conference, but in a tournament of some sort, and play off 90s nostalgia for the championship and 90s nostalgia for our classic games. That's all it is. So, it's no more or less... You know, really, it's no more or less hardcore than Smash Bros. Invitational was. Allow, allow me to explain. Smash Bros. Invitational, oh, yes... Is green. I know, I know, but I'm saying it more for uh, people listening. <laughs> Smash Bros. Invitational, and I know you agree because you're more of a purist of Smash Bros. And you were, I think, before we went to the Invitational, I almost feel like you had hesitations about going specifically for the reason I'm about to say. Because you're like, well, it might not be that, you know, it might not be aligned with your view of how you like to play Smash. But correct me if I'm wrong. But basically, the Smash Bros. Invitational, yeah, they got some of the best players in the world. Not all the best, not the absolute best, but a number of the best. They brought them in to Nokia Theater. They gave them a game they haven't played for more than, I think, an hour before they went into the tournament. And they put on every random element you could think of. There were all the different items. It was time-based, not stock-based. There were crazy stages. There was no Final Destination stages. And they were like, all right, let's see what happens. 
And that's the Nintendo World Championship is. It's not Master about... Master will win in any condition. And more... Yeah, I know. I, okay, very zen of you, but... <laughs> or very, like, kung fu of you. But no, not even just that, but, like... This is supposed to be Nintendo having some fun with its fans and giving fans a chance to do cool stuff like play against Reggie or play against... They're bringing eight special um, competitors into the tournament for the World Championship, including, like, the winner of the 94 Power Fest, which was kind of like a championship-style thing Nintendo did after the championship. Yeah, it's like 40 now. But they're also... I think they're also bringing back the power... The original championship winner. That's not confirmed yet. The 94 guy is, though. But, um... Apparently yeah, like, they're bringing all these old watch. players, they're bringing all these... Maybe for a cool show just to see, like, random right? stuff. Right, yeah. because that's what this is. This isn't hardcore esports. This is Nintendo Nintendoizing esports. Nintendo, what they do, Splatoon's the prime example of this, is they take a core idea and then Nintendify it. They make it more accessible to more people while still offering some depth. So, the Smash Bros. tournament is esports, but it made more accessible for a wider audience. Yeah, it was on Twitch. Yeah, hardcore Smash fans were watching it for to see the minute changes in the mechanics but it was also for people like me who doesn't who don't normally watch a typical esports match but still greatly enjoy it and i think the world championship is exactly that it's a chance to prevent provide a wide audience with a look at some old and new games in a fun way and play off nostalgia because everyone loves nostalgia especially 90s nostalgia the 90s are in right now that movie dope i don't know if you've seen the trailer for it they have super 90s haircuts but it's set into like they dress like the 90s they reference the 90s they have nice haircuts but it's set in modern times it's like no uh, the whole movie. The whole movie is just a '90s throwback. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, well, it's it's a movie. The trailer for it had references to Mario and Pokemon, like gameplay, like they manipulate sprites and stuff to be the character. It's I'll show you after this. It's weird, but um, yeah. My point is, it's a wider audience thing. So everyone who's freaking out that this is serious or not serious enough, I don't think that's Nintendo's intention. And it's I mean I feel bad that if you were expecting it to be something, it's not. But I'm happy with the route Nintendo's going in. I don't feel. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I should rephrase. I don't feel bad. Like I'm not like, oh, silly you for expecting. I legitimately I'm like, if you were hoping it was something different, that does kind of suck. But for what it is, Nintendo's hitting all the marks they need to hit. I think it's exactly what it should be. Funny thing. Only reason I'm not going to the qualifier is because you're um, going to a real tournament. <laughs> um, like literally a few blocks away from my house is going to be a Smash Bros. tournament at a card store, and for better or worse, probably I don't know. It'll make it more interesting. Um, turns out that the tournament organizer. Is um at least in Braun, apparently he's just he's not a big fan of the new Smash Brothers. He was considered probably the best Mark in California. Really? And it's funny because I actually knew him. Well, I mean, like, he went to my high school, and I, I just knew of him, and I maybe hung out with him a few times when yeah. I went to some of the tournaments. But apparently, he knew a, a bunch of these like top players, like. I'm sure like a lot of people may have heard of Mewtwo King or like these yeah. kind of people. Mewtwo King's one of the memorized saying that like they had all these top players at Smash Invitational except some of the very top. Mewtwo King was one of the ones that didn't go. Yeah, but because yeah, yeah. I think he wanted more of a pure challenge. Yeah, he's, thing he's, he's, he's definitely he's, he's definitely known more for Melly. Yeah, and I mean he still plays like really he still um, plays competitively. No, he still places really high in oh, most. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Zero's the one that right now is the current top. Player. Zero was He there. won that thing. Yes. Yeah, he won yes. the Invitational. That's right. Yeah, and it's now on the top of the world. But anyway... The, the so, Smash World. Well, Not the real world. The well, Smash apparently, World. <laughs> like, Beauty King and maybe even Zero are yeah. actually going to come to this tournament, and apparently now they're, like, going to be over, like, 100 people. And I'm like... The oh. tournament that's, like, literally three blocks from where we're currently sitting. Yeah. Huh. That's funny that as Nintendo has one going on, there's the polar opposite happening simultaneously. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I don't know how long it'll last, but especially if all these people are going to be there. But we'll That's see. super cool. Yeah, it'll definitely make for a lot of interesting matches to watch. I want, we should share stories of it next episode. 
Yeah. Or if you want to do an extra on the side. It be an experience. We'll have coverage one way or another of this I, experience on sometime. I mean, this Nintendo. will be my second local, like, actual... I mean, I've entered a few online tournaments, but this will be my actual second tournament. Right. So, where I actually get to talk to people and interact with the, I guess, hardcore Smash Bros. community, so... By the way, as weird as this... No disrespect to any listeners. As weird as this sounds, I feel like you're the ideal tournament person. Like, tournament fan. Because you like the... the pure stuff like you're going to this tomorrow it sounds like you're talking about hair you're like cocaine you like the pure stuff but you also are kind of like what Nintendo's doing with the world championship like you can see the pluses of both lots of fans i feel like lock themselves into this mindset like oh you only can play in like the pure you know you can only play like no random elements it's just your pure skill and then there's other people like i love the random but it's cool that you can happily appreciate no, both some I, people can't they are very siloed off in their heads i mean it. not I mean, I don't know if it even comes off as that, but I don't know. I take pride in the fact that I, I like to keep a very open mind about it. Yeah. Like, I know what I enjoy, but I also, like, I'm very appreciative of, like, the random stuff, too. Like, yeah. Like, Mario Kart, like, I feel like as much as the randomness bothers me a lot of times, and, like, I've, and even, like, when Obis is playing, sometimes I hear, right, like... Right, right. Start like, cursing like, up a storm. Yeah, yeah, like, yell at the top of his lungs, like, oh, my... Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets really angry. Anyway, um, <laughs> like, that game, like, if we turned off, like, we play always I play that game competitively, like we memorize like all the best ways to drift, like everything. Right. Like we, we got that game down to a science. But until two hundred CC came along. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much like tore, screwed tore, you yeah, over completely. <laughs> like Yeah, but like we know that that game would be a lot more competitive and yeah. without items because like oh you take the random element away then yeah. But I don't know, like we definitely But it's not the same. Yeah, 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 but we know like the the randomness like has its place and it actually wouldn't even be that fun without items. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, obviously, as anyone that listens to the show regularly knows, I'm not the best at video games. I don't play them as thoroughly as, say, you do. I enjoy them. I'm obviously very passionate about them, but I'm not as like deeply entrenched in them, in the gameplay itself. But my attitude has always been there's no right or wrong way to play a game. Do what you enjoy. Do what's fun. Because like, there's been times in college where we would play Smash Bros, and I'd be like, let's turn items, and they'd be like, that's not how you play Smash Bros. It's like... Sure it is. It's built into the game. It's an option. It can be how you play Smash Bros. There's no way to play Smash Bros. There are preferences, but at least appreciate the other half that. of it. I know you didn't. It was other people. I have had people that say, um... I have people that... Um, I had the opposite. Yeah. Um, no, like I said, like, I, it was just funny, because someone just once said, like, like, oh, you have to turn on items. Like, playing without items is wrong, because the people put the items, the developers put the items in there, and I'm like, yeah, but they put the option to turn them yeah. off. Yeah. I, that happened so with me. That happened with me because with Brawl when it first came out, I insisted on using Wii, Wii mode and nunchuck because I was like, "That's the default control option for the Wii. That is how the game is designed to be played with these standard controls." And then six months later, I'm like, "I really am not doing well in these matches. I'm going to switch to GameCube because it's also an option." Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I never looked you back. Literally just play how you, you play want. how you want. Yeah, and it always kind of bothers me. Or like, how about the ones where like you're playing a competitive game and then you win fairly? You play by the rules of the game. It's not like you put a game shark in, but then someone's like, oh, that's not a legitimate win because you did this or because you didn't do that or because you didn't fire hop or because you didn't, like, wave dash. It's like, what are you talking... I won! Yeah, Why are you talking... The game says winner. I didn't use a game shark or a game genie. You, you, you know, like, I mean... That drives like, me crazy. Well, yeah, like, 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 those ones are... I mean, they're perfectly legitimate. Like, yeah. The, the thing that's kind of funny is when um, this mainly applies to... Um, competitive smash Bros. scene which right this is a part that kind of bothers me like this is what i uh, about competitive smash yeah, yeah like when they literally twist the rules of the game or just completely ignore them just because they feel it has to be a specific way uh-huh so what i like to 
give you a, a very a very clear example um, people may be familiar with the term Bowser sighting or Ganon sighting right and I guess to a lesser extent um, what's it called so it's anyway DDD and Kirby a lot of players like well DDD too is such just ooh, ooh, or no, whatever that um, sound no, makes no, is. no, no DDD and Kirby like they'll suck you up and just fall down oh that gotcha yeah in um yeah in tournaments when someone would use Bowser's side what well, Bowser's side was specifically Bowser and Ganondorf right um tournaments would say alright if Bowser initiates a Bowser side no matter what the screen says Bowser wins and what? yeah but okay <laughs> well yeah I guess um well half of it is also like they tournaments for the most part don't want to go to sudden deaths and part of me is like, like, okay, like, why not? But then I realized, oh, okay, because of those bombs. If someone stalls out sudden deaths enough, bombs will just start raining from the sky. Right, right. And, and that's that's a legit thing. Again, it's how you all play. So if you don't want no, yeah. that random element. So, I mean, like, I, I get that they're trying to erase the random element as much as possible. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I feel like deciding that, like, oh, if you buy the side and the screen says that they didn't win. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know half of the reason they did that is because when... A patch just came. A patch came out for Smash Brothers where mm-hmm. Bowser does that. If Bowser will kill himself, and the other person will actually survive, and in some cases they will actually be able to come back to the stage. Right. Which really sucks for we Bowser. We tested that. I feel like yeah. a while ago. Which really sucks for Bowser in general. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe just the way like all the time I play the game. But whenever Nintendo just throws stuff at us, we're just like, okay, that's just how it is. So we're gonna work around that. Yeah. It's like in soccer, you can't just like arbitrarily be like, you know what. I don't like goals that come from a left 45 degree angle. They have to be 35 degrees or smaller. You know what I mean? Like, you can't... Yeah. I mean, like, again, it's it's weird because on one hand, we're like, play however you want. It's great to play however you want. But then we're also like, but don't play by bending the rules. But it's like, if people, everyone is okay with that, but you can't, like, try and force that on other yeah. people. I don't, uh, or get mad when someone does it differently. I know, like, I mean, if, like I'm gonna, if, I mean if I'm going to enter a tournament, then obviously I'm going to have to accept it because that's just yeah, the rules. Yeah, yeah. Which means I probably should take advantage of that because I actually play as Bowser and that would give me a huge advantage. Because that means I could just commit suicide and even if they survive, then yeah, I still take right, the win. Right, Which feels kind of cheap, but yeah. whatever. And um, the other... I think I'm, you have your strategy for tomorrow. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I kind of have to have a one-stop lead, but... Right. Um, the other side of that, I guess, is also like, like players that don't want to let go either, like... That's the only reason Project M even exists. And for mm-hmm. those that don't know, Project M is a modded version of Brawl to make Brawl more like Melee because people didn't want to move on from Melee to Brawl yep. because they just really liked Melee or they just liked it. Which is camp. fine. Keep I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but... Um, but yeah, I, I, Project I M was trying to bridge the two, basically. Yeah, I guess you just get purists and then, like, I don't know. It just bothers me when people start saying, like, like oh, Brawl's a terrible game because it's not Melee. Like... Or it's Bra- a different game. Yeah, Brawl is Brawl. And yeah. Which goes back to, like, just how me and I was treating, like, as soon as Brawl came out, we just abandoned Melee. Like, okay, this is how... True. This is how, Ma- this is how Smash Bros. is played now. Everything I learned is gone. But I learned it. if someone we knew was like, let's play Melee, we wouldn't go, that's not real Smash Bros. We'd go play Melee. Like, we're not... Not, I, I mean, at most I would just say, like, Ugh, I don't like how that plays anymore. But you wouldn't, like, tell them they're yeah. not playing Smash yeah, but Bros. Not, correctly. Yeah, but I'm not going to say, like, oh, Melee sucks yeah. at the game. It just... I just don't like it anymore. Exactly. And I think that's... And the, honestly, it's, it's still really entertaining to watch in higher tournament level play. Just like, oh, like, yeah. It's whoa. a lot quicker. Yeah. Moving. yeah. But what I was going to say is I think this is the root of the whole kerfuffle involving the World Championship and people being disappointed. People are like, well, that's not how I play games. So that's not the way to play. It's like, no, it's a way to play. You might have a... Pro- like, you 
go, ugh, when it's melee and you don't want to play melee, but you still accept that people like to play melee and compete in melee. Yeah. It's not like you're doing it wrong. It's not something that, I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way when people do that. Because, like, games are about, like, yes, there's competitive a- aspects, but at the end of the day, it's about having fun and doing what you like and playing a thing that you like to play. Like, who cares how you're playing? I don't yeah. know. That, that's my two cents. We, we went on quite the tangent, but it, it was interesting. It was, so yeah. to bring it back to E3 for a moment, let's show any other thoughts. You do. I could sense it. Go. Why not? Oh, this, this is more just like um, a, no, it's not a PSA. Maybe just advice. For, <laughs> um, the more you know, I'll cue up the sound effect. I'll find it while you. No. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I have. I I'm on a few um, I'm in a few like Smash Brothers communities on Facebook, and I follow a lot what people say on Reddit in Smash Brothers, and I've been noticing a trend where like people that are new to the game are trying to find characters that are just like good to win with but they themselves um oh well a lot of them are actually just abandoning characters that they like they're like oh man like my favorite character is um like um like peach but like i'm not winning a lot like uh, what like what character should i use like a lot of people are just abandoning those characters just for characters that will get them wins right and i don't know i feel like they should just instead of like doing that you just stick with those characters and just try to get better with the character they like I mean, I don't know, getting the characters you get wins with aren't necessarily the most fun to, the fun ones to play with. Yeah, but then again, it kind of to go back to what we were saying before. If they find if the most fun they have with the game, I see what you're saying. Though. If the most fun they're having with the game is to try and maximize well, what they're told is best know, for the it, game, it, it, but it, yeah, is that a, undermining the true fun? Of the I game? Know, it's a double-edged sword because yeah. I mean, like I play as Bowser. I, I mean, I do okay with them. I mean, I. I get beaten a lot by a lot of these like, characters that are presumably or are viewed as better. Right. But I'm not going to go and like pick Sheik just because I'm tired of losing as Bowser. I'm just going to keep playing as Bowser. And the problem is also who you play. Yeah. A lot of these people that want to, like, I guess, get more wins but don't necessarily want to play in tournaments or play professionally want to play against people that are really, really, really good. Right, right. But in the end of the day, they're probably just going to, when they're playing with their friends, like, which they would probably have more fun with. They probably, and I don't know. It's, it's it all sounds like you're kind of saying like... Well, look, I guess their friends, they're going to win most of the time because they're yeah. apparently like... I guess they ended up playing the game so much that they got better than their friends. Right. Now they have... Now the people they could, I guess, them could compete with are these people that are much, much better than them. So whatever they were doing with their friends doesn't really work anymore. And the so they're kind, of, like, they're kind of in a weird limbo. Yeah, so it's like, do I play the game differently to try to get better to play against these people that are on a different league or probably even look at the game differently than I do? Yeah. Or do you just keep playing the characters you like, but you're probably going to keep beating your friends? So. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a really tough So situation. if you had to sum up your PSA in a sentence. I would just say pick a character. Pick whatever character you have fun with. doesn't matter whether, I guess it's necessarily your favorite character. Just pick the ones you have the most fun with. Don't pick a character because they're supposed to be good or bad. And honestly, in this iteration of Smash Brothers, every character I feel could be really, really, really good. It just comes mm-hmm. down to some characters, you can have positive effects almost immediately. Like, sure, if you pick Diddy Kong, you'll probably win a few matches right away. Right. But in the long run, like, you'll probably still get beaten by a really good person. As opposed to someone that masters, like, Ganondorf, and since no one really even knows what Ganondorf is capable of because no one bothers using him, like, then you're going to be, like, really, really good. Right, and you yeah. have that curveball. Yeah, so um, just stick with what you so, like. So, It'll be to, more rewarding. To sum up as a true PSA, I had the sound clip, Ray. That's what I'm trying to do. Is don't let a character choose you. Choose your own character. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud that I was able to find that. Uh, and it was just as like vague and cheesy as the real ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's basically uh, <laughs> it. I mean, that was my favorite character. I get more fun out of winning with Bowser than if I would have with like Sheik or someone that. I yeah. Yeah. I really hope that sound bite actually picked up on the mic. I'm sure it did. It's pretty loud. But Hopefully. That was, uh, I'm proud of that moment. That is that is one of the highlights. We were at almost a hundred episodes of the podcast, and that's definitely a highlight right there. Just playing that sound, not the yeah. The you're playing yeah. the game for fun, like don't even. Oh yeah, bother. yeah, yeah. But to uh, to bring it back to E3 for a minute, kind of round out the E3 stuff. The reason I'm bringing it back is just to say, so E3 is coming up, obviously, and the tournament we're covering that. The qualifier we're covering that on the site. Uh, maybe Jose, I don't know if you want to write an article or talk about it on the podcast. We'll cover your tournament too because it's like. There are people of note there now, apparently. But um, that's not all we're doing for E3. I did want to mention real quick, we do have plans for the actual event. So on the the finals of the World Championship, we're going to try and go. We can't guarantee we're getting in quite yet, but we're going to try and go. We're going to cover it. We're going to have photos. We're going to have like, what's well, like inside the arena or inside the theater on the site during E3 week. We're also on the day of the digital event, which is Tuesday the 16th of June. We're also going to be doing or recording right after a special bonus episode of the podcast, and we will then be up probably within 24, 30, 36 hours of the, of the digital event. So be on the lookout for that. We have one more episode between now and then. But just to make sure you don't miss any of that, the qualifier coverage, the final coverage, Ramtendo on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, ramtendo.com. You get the you get the drill. I don't usually plug stuff in the middle, but with E3 coming up, it, I feel like it's worth mentioning, especially because um, E3 is the start of many, 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 many many cool things that are happening on Ram Nintendo. Perhaps a whole summer's worth of cool things that you won't want to miss. So definitely um, follow us. I don't want to say more than that, but there are some cool things. And actually, speaking of cool things, one cool thing that um, Nintendo's doing to keep us busy while we wait for E3, uh, separate from Splatoon, of course, is they have rolled out, for the first time of any console maker ever, a Humble Bundle. So Nintendo has launched the Humble in- Nindie Bundle. I still can't believe they call Nindies a thing. Like, Nindies are Nintendo indie developers. I mean, it's clever, but it's also kind of like, really? But it's mostly clever. Anyway, they've rolled out a bundle um, that offers you up to, I think it's like 10 different games you can get. But basically, for those who don't know about Humble, bu- Humble-, Humble Bundle, because if you're a Nintendo-only fan, you just might not be aware. What it is, it's just, this is a company that basically puts together a charity package. So you name a price. And depending on how much you give, you get a different number of games or a different number of Android apps or a different number of ebooks, of albums, whatever. It started with Steam games. They have expanded from there. They've worked with EA before. They've worked they've with Sega, Activision. They've changed the way you get some rewards because I remember at some point too many people were barely donating anything. Yes, yeah, so they have tiers. Yeah, so now, yeah. Now, now they basically made it all right. If you donate like a buck... And you get three games if you donate anything under if you donate above the average price of whatever you know the average donation you get six or yeah. and if you donate 10 you get another guaranteed like other yeah. games if you donate 10 you get three more on the spawn and a guaranteed set that launches halfway so yeah. what and that before it would be all like eight of them for like a right month. right and what's yeah. cool about this is when you give the money it doesn't nintendo's not taking a cut this humble bundle humble, humble bundle that is a tongue twister is not taking a cut of it what how it works is they pick a charity and then they give the money to the the, the developers of the indie games and the charity so in this case, Nintendo team to, or Nintendo and Humble, Bun- Humble Bundle picked Code.org, which is actually a really cool charity uh, for related to gaming in that it's about teaching kids about programming, getting them into computer sciences and coding, obviously, when they're still students, when they're still young, when they're really, you know, getting hooked early and getting them interested and provide the necessary tools to move forward with that. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure, like, the White House has backed this program before. Like, when Obama was learning HTML a few months ago, there's a video of him learning it. It was at a Code.org event. 
So like it's a cool it's a cool thing, especially you know next gen next generation of game designers could come out of this. So um, that's cool. But what's really cool is you pick you pay what you want, but there's little sliders. You can break it down. And actually, be like if you want to be really mean, you can be like, oh, I'll give this developer no money and this developer all the money, or I'll give code.org all the money. You can really break it down every way you want. I just did the default. I, I paid 15. I think I decided to do 15 for the set, and I just like let them slide over. They mm-hmm. slide by default. So it's, you know, like a third goes to code.org, two-thirds goes to developers. But still, they, they've raised a good amount. So what you get, if you do it, is the core titles where if you pay a buck up to the average, you get Guacamelee Super Turbo Champion uh, Ship Edition for Wii U. You get Woe Day for 3DS. You get My Switch Force for 3DS. If you buy above the average price, which is currently at about 920, it's been hovering around 920, 925 since it started, you then get the fall for Wii U, uh, Oli Oli for both 3DS and Wii U. Fun thing about that one, so you get two separate codes, and fun thing about that one is it's a cross-buy game, one of the few that exist on the eShop. So when you download one of them, it then unlocks the other one on your other system. They might have fixed this exploit, but they have. as of a few days ago, they haven't. So basically, if you go to the eShop after you download, put in the Wii U code, if you go to the 3DS eShop, it'll be like, oh, by the way, it'll list it as a free price, and you can download it again, and vice versa, or supposedly. I haven't tried it yet. So you can actually end up with, like, three copies. But um, Oli Oli for both, and my, uh, sorry, and the first episode of Moon Chronicles for 3DS. If you go above $10, you get Stealth 2 for Wii U thrown in, and uh, SteamWorld Dig for, for both 3DS and Wii U. So you get a lot of stuff. And we actually have talked about a lot of these games before. This is going to be a crazy, like, self-plug dump of episode numbers. Just bear with it. So if you're curious about these games, I actually went through our archives and found some info for you. We talked about Guacamelee in episode 78, so you can go there for those impressions. We talked about the Wii U version of My Switch Force in episode, I can't believe I'm doing this, in episode 38. We talked about Moon Chronicles in episode 77, and we talked about SteamWorld Dig in episode 52. I don't think anyone, I think that went over everyone's head, no one's actually listening, their eyes glazed over. But for someone who really wants an impression of one of those games, that's what we've talked about on the podcast before, and we'll talk about the others going forward now that we own them. But, uh... The real question is, what's going to be those three games they had halfway through the bundle? Four games. Four games. We don't know yet, but a Redditor discovered that if you go to the eShop and look under the Humble Bundle banner where it lists all the games, it randomly also lists Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, The Swapper, uh, Ultratron, and Sportsball. So most likely, come Tuesday, which is only like 48 hours after this podcast goes live, um, those will probably be the games. Not a bad selection at all. Swapper... Don't know about Ultron or don't even I know, know the about name, it. but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, same here. I already have Sean Curse. And the Pirates Curse. And then Sports Ball is supposed to be kind of a fun. Is that the one? It's like the Smash Bros. basketball. That's the one that looks visually unappealing, right? It's the one that kind of looks like if Chasing Aurora was a little less appealing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing against them. I'm sure it's a no, it's, it's, a tro- it's an art style choice. It wasn't like they're bad at art. They chose oh, no, to no, do no, that no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um,. It's a pretty not bad at art. They, they just chose to do bad art. <laughs> I feel awful saying that. No, but it's a pretty um, it's a pretty diverse lineup, which is something Nintendo tried to do and Humble Bundle did together. They they apparently have been working on this for years, and they only in the last six months were able to actually like iron out details. And Humble Bundle and Nintendo together were like, well, let's get a diverse lineup of games, something for everyone, and kind of threw it out there. Um, what's interesting is Nintendo doing this because they used to be like bottom of the barrel in terms of like indie support and now they're the first console maker ever to do this and not only that but um it's a solid besides being a good charity move it's such a good pr move because for wii u and 3ds owners there are games on there we don't know about now we get to play them and spread the word on you know like on the podcast or on twitter or whatever for non-3ds and wii u owners that check humble bundle that subscribe to humble bundle 
they get to see all these games that oh maybe I should buy a Wii U or 3DS. Look at all these great games. You get a ton of games. You get a ton of games. It's a really good deal, and um, it's actually kind of funny that this was so unexpected for Nintendo to do that when Nintendo Damon Baker there he's their technically he's their senior manager manager of licensed marketing, but he also is basically the new eShop like public figure. And he was saying in an interview, I think it was a Nintendo Life maybe, that um, developers, they go to developers and be like, hey, we're doing a Humble Bundle. And they'd have the same reaction I think everyone and the, all the fans had of, wait, what? You? Really? You. Humble Bundle. Nintendo. Like, everyone was super shocked that Nintendo is actually spearheading Humble Bundle on consoles. So it is cool. And I mean, it's done pretty well so far. First 24 hours, they raised $37,000, or sorry, they raised $348,000 and sold 37,000 bundles. And as of this recording, they're up to over fifty thousand bundles and four hundred forty. Sorry, four hundred. Yeah, four hundred forty thousand. Wow. So they're doing pretty well. Um, yeah, it's. I think they're in terms of total fundraising, humble bundles ever done in all its many years of existence. I think they're on the cusp of a major milestone. Like, I want to say fifty million. I think they're at forty nine, and they're hoping Nintendo pushes them to fifty. Hmm. But it's it's a very impressive number. It goes to indie devs. It goes to you know, it goes to charities, so it's, it's really cool. The one downside of the whole deal, of course, because <laughs> there has to be one, is that it's region-locked to just North and South America, excluding Brazil. So, um, this wasn't by... I feel like this obviously wasn't by choice, per se. Humble Bundle, in general, is DRM-free, it's worldwide, it's whatever. But the issue is Nintendo's current eShop implementation. So, according to Baker, in an interview, he was saying that the eShop... Or actually, he said on Twitter, I think. But he's basically saying that they spent months trying to get it so every region could take part. But, I mean, I could see why it didn't work. He didn't elaborate. But if you think about it, the logistics are insane. Because you need to be able to generate unique Wii U and 3DS codes essentially on the fly for these games. And you need to be able to do them regionally. And then there's different currencies to factor in. There's the fact that the hardware and software doesn't even properly do different regions. So they would have to basically release... They'd basically have to have it so you go Humble Bundle and it's like, oh, you're in the EU. We're going to steer you to this page to get these codes that work with the EU. All these games, have all these games even been released in all these? Not necessarily, no. Because I know, like, Guacamelee was just released somewhere recently. Yeah, like, and, some of them I don't think And have. then another reason just got Shantae or something like that. Yeah, so there's that issue, too. It would have been a different lineup. But more to the point, it's just, like, Nintendo's archaic system has been there since day one on these platforms. They can't just turn, flip a switch and it turns off. Like next gen, remember Iwata, we were talking last episode. Iwata said they might try. They have a positive consideration of of uh, removing, you know, looking into removing region locking. So then something like this could be worldwide. But right now, like I would like that one game with the hand drawn art style, magnetism. I forget what it's called. Polar. Uh, uh, ballpoint adventure. No, 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 no. It's like you control like a little boy with a hood, and he has like magnetic gloves. Oh, 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 oh. You're not thinking of uh, test test. Tesla Grad. Are you thinking of Tesla Grad? Yeah, yeah. you guys want to That was fun. I played it at IndieK two years ago when it was still in development for Wii U, and it, it's really fun, actually. It's a good little puzzle platformer. Hmm. But, um, yeah, the thing I was going to say about this is, like, people freaking out about region locking. Okay, I get you're in Europe, I get you're in Japan, I get you may want to, or Brazil, which for some reason got shafted, and I get you may want to take part in this. But, it's, like, think of it this way. Don't think of it like you're missing out. Think of I mean, you are. But think of it as, like, from Nintendo's perspective, it's better than nothing. Like, the fact that the fact matter is they're raising money for code.org, they're giving more attention to indie devs. Whether or not those games are available to you, you can still go buy them through the eShop in most cases. And other regions get cool stuff. Japan gets all sorts of cool stuff. Europe just got all sorts of awesome Club Nintendo stuff that we're never going to see. 
I mean, did you see that list of final yeah. clubbing top prizes? Just to give you guys a sampling who haven't seen it. It's in general because like, I feel like we were encouraged to spend all our money right away. And yeah. then it's like, oh, here's some more. Well, not here, though. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. But well, I mean, I mean, we got price reductions. That's true. Yeah, I'm annoyed that, about that because I bought all my stuff. I could have gotten more stuff. Me too. Me too. But that's because people were waiting and they had to get rid of it. But yeah, in Europe, they're just, they just they just got... Wait. There was no reason to get early. Yeah. I mean, they... Well, I thought they'd sell out, but apparently not. No, apparently I, the opposite. I think they're making it by order or something. I don't know. I guess they are. But yeah, in Europe, they just announced a Captain Toad figurine lamp, a Mario Kart 8 soundtrack, Mario coasters, Mario shopping bags, Mario Kart sets, real-life Mario Kart trophies are coming back. Like, we don't get any of that stuff. And we get... Instead, we get 10 indie games at a discounted price that goes to charity. So, like, it's it's... It's kind of a tit for tat thing. Like we might not get one thing, you might not get one thing, but in the end, every every Nintendo fan gets something, except Brazilians apparently. But poor Brazilians, Nintendo just pulled out of that country completely. But um, yeah, so people are forgetting about region locking. I understand why, but it's kind of like you can't get everything. I mean, you guys in Europe are getting Yoshi Woi World like soon, and we have to wait till fall. You guys are getting Art Academy, like Art Academy Atelier or whatever. Like in a month, and we we don't even have a release. We don't even know it's a thing in North America, apparently. So like, see, how I'm bringing the whole podcast together. But my point is, region locking sucks. We all know it sucks. But to go after Humble Bundle, who had to put out a statement on their blog, basically apologizing for the region locking, saying it's out of their control. Like, guys, everyone gets certain exclusive things. You can still play the games if you want to. It does suck, but it's not the end of the world. They're still doing a good thing for a good charity. Just chill out. <laughs> And speaking of things that us Americans get with the eShop, now that I've told you to sell down, here's some other great deals. Just if you're looking for deals while you wait for E3, just go run through them real fast. Um, uh, Don't Starve Giant Edition. If you live in the U.S., you can get, or Canada, you can get a second copy for free when you buy the first copy on Wii U. $15 game, split it with two people, it's seven each. Not bad at all. Um, at all. Also, Nicholas is putting all their games at half off. So that means you can get Cape Store, 1001 Spikes, Ikachan, and Night Sky at half price. I have all of them, but 1001 Spikes. Yeah, we played that at Anime Expo a few years ago. It was pretty fun. But yeah, so there's other deals if you're interested. And there's some others I'm blanking out on. But there's a lot going on in the eShop. I think Capcom's wrapping up their sale. Might already be over. but And Atlas always has stuff on sale. So yeah, there's stuff to get on the eShop if you need to hold yourself until E3 and Splatoon just isn't doing it for you. And speaking of Splatoon, we will have impressions of that next episode. But this episode, well, Jose, you've been playing Stretch Mouth. Yeah. What do you think of it? It's fun. I'm never just And that's the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Pushmo series, but I don't know. Well, they're all definitely getting better as far as the tutorials go. Well, this one, basically, the tutorial doubles as a demo, so... Yeah. It kind of has to. <laughs> I don't know, before it was just so handholdy. But, I don't know, it's, I, I didn't think, I mean, like I was saying in the previous podcast, I didn't think the new mechanic would, at first I didn't even know what the new mechanic really was, I thought there wasn't one. I thought it was like, Stretching. oh. No, no, that's it, I thought like, because when you pull them from their drawer thing in Pushmo, right. you're still essentially stretching them. Right. I didn't, but now you're working in all three dimensions, so you can stretch them from any direction, so, and it's really cool, it just, Adds another layer that I didn't even know was there, which is what I love about Pushmo, Crashmo, and Stretchmo now. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even know, like, what else can they do? And they somehow did. And now we have enemies for the first time, which... How much does that actually change up the puzzling? Because, like, before it was more like um, you go at your own pace. Are uh, these it, guys it, moving? It, it, yeah, um, some of them move. Some of them kind of stay in place. They just kind of add... 
some of them don't really act as like enemy that you want to avoid some of them act as like a means to get to something else right and there are some you do have to avoid but i don't know it's it still keeps like the very simple beginning that gets really tricky later with like oh it was this the whole time you, there's a lot of aha moments though mm-hmm. i mean everything i would say about i guess any other pushma you could could basically say about this one except the only difference is just now you're just stretching everything in every direction and it actually i think you might have already said this but it actually stretches it's not like the block moves it like no yeah it stretches yeah so basically kind of it's the layout is similar to crashmo where your thing is basically in the middle right and instead of like moving it around you're just stretching it so it stays in place you're mm-hmm. not necessarily moving the origin point of any block so that definitely does like you do have to think of things a little differently you might want right. to I guess you always want to stretch out the base as much as possible because there's no reason not to. That way you could just build on it. Yeah, build on top of that. But no, it's really cool. And then um, even the way it's separated, I mean, you just want to. You're better off just buying the whole thing. Yeah, because it, it's what ten dollars for all four packs. Yeah. Versus thirteen buying individually, and at ten dollars, I think that's only a buck more than Pushmo and Crashmo were in, uh, when they were you know prepackaged yeah. in the pay game. And then like for Mallow, you get your regular just basic shapes they aren't really advanced to look like anything except just puzzles so they're those are the ones that probably get really tricky that get really tricky right then you just have the nes inspired ones with the old man <laughs> right it's called right. old man old man old man mallow what's his real name cranky mallow gadget, gadget? <laughs> i don't know like go go gadget like <laughs> old this old man mallow with his nes game with his nes inspired stretch mode then you have girl mallow with her <laughs> um artsy stretch mode that are just objects or things right and then you get young mallow as i call him young mallow um his are basically just stretch mode regular uh-huh. puzzle stretch mode except now they have enemies um so oh so the enemies are only in one level pack interesting yeah so so if you want to fight enemies you need to get that one right and the other thing that's kind of weird is um when you go into the maker they're all separated by um but when you get like there isn't like one level editor that just lets you combine them all you're kind of stuck with that's interesting because nintendo you're, stuck with, you're stuck with the mechanic that yeah is which is interesting because nintendo like mar- when they announced it they announced it in a way buy any level pack and get the level editor almost implying you get the full level editor. you get the level you get, editor, you get for an that. editor but nothing for the editor except that one pack yeah interesting but it is still, I think, I mean, in terms of raw numbers, it's still the best, probably the best value of any Mo game, right? Because it, if I'm not mistaken, the level packs add up to more levels than Crash Mo and Push Mo had, right? And they had a lot, but, no, no, I think, yeah, I think you're right, because, um... Yeah, and it's a buck more, basically. Because in Push Mo, I was pretty close to 100%ing that game, and you, they pretty much doubled the amount of puzzles you get by the time you beat the level, the, the game the first time. Right. And then, and even after that, like, there were so many really good community-created puzzles that I pretty much, like, quadrupled the content, and I'm like, uh, I need to play other game. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I definitely recommend it. It's, I mean, if you want another just unique puzzle, puzzler, and if you want to complete your Mallow sumo pose, then... Ah, bring it full it. circle to what we talked about at the start of the show. Also of note is, it's Nintendo's... The first major billing of the whole free-to-start idea, which is a term Nintendo's been using in their, like, business stuff for a while. Like, we're going to free-to-start games. Because they don't like free-to-play because you're not really playing. You're starting, and then you stop until you, you know until what? You it, it just feels like 
It's a demo that leads you yeah, to that's a purchase. Like, yeah, it just feels like you're... It feels like the demo is... It feels like you're downloading the whole game, and you're just starting with a demo. Yeah. Which is kind of like what a lot of games on the PS3 do. A lot of... Um, well, basically, like, like Marvel vs. Capcom do... Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the PS3. I remember they had you download the whole game, and you only were able to play with, like, two characters. And then you just unlock a key, and then you get the whole game. So it's like you get a taste of the whole game... Right. But you don't get the full game unless you pay, which just feels a lot like... Which is not bad. It just saves time. Right, cool. right. And I, I guess, like, the only other experience of this that's existed that hasn't been kind of like this, I guess, would be rusty in terms of the structure of how you progress, how you pay to progress. Right? That's usually able to Oh. Because you start with like one, him. and if you want to unlock more, you have to buy them individually. And mm-hmm. this is kind of like you start with the seven levels, and then you buy what you want, or you buy them all. Yeah. Which is basically true, just buy them all. Yeah, yeah, it's streamlined, because Rusty, you couldn't do a bundle of them all. You had to buy one by one by one. You had to hack but you had, you had gold, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so Stretch Mode gets a recommendation from you. I really, I really need to start playing this soon. There's no point in stretching out these impressions any longer. Just ha. Ha. We are in the home stretch of the episode now. Oh. Now you respond to another, another stretch point. You don't say, oh, and then just stop talking. <laughs> wow, way to ruin it. We could have had a... Uh, we could have had a... I don't want to. Could have bases loaded, and that would have been a home run back to the home plate. I don't want to push it. Wait, no, I'm, st- I'm supposed to be doing stretch puns, not home puns. Oh. I'm doing home puns. How did that happen? I, I just push. Just you don't want to push it. Yeah, you think we're just gonna crash and burn if we keep going? Yeah. Yeah, I would hate for this to be a push my world. That one make no sense. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that pretty much does it for the episode. Um, short and sweet. Stretch my impressions. Uh, thanks so always for listening. Yeah. No, um, we, as I mentioned a little bit ago, we have a lot coming up on the site to keep an eye on. We do have the qualifiers of the Nintendo World Championship article coming up on that with photos. We do have our E3 coverage, which will detail in more detail next episode, but it will include a trip to the championships. It will include a bonus episode. And we're coming up on our 100th episode. And I really don't want to say too much, but the 100th episode, we're going to be celebrating for a long period of time, probably, in many ways. Um, that's all I'm really going to say. <laughs> so you you will be happy with how we celebrate it but uh, don't miss our next episode which is our 99th that's on June 14th we're going to have um, that's the same day actually as the Tennis World Championship so you know you watch the championship during the day you listen to us at night or whatever but um, we're going to have impress- full impressions of Splatoon we'll have a solid two weeks to play single player dojo Bow Dojo multiplayer of the works so expect that expect a roundup of all the last minute E3 news going into E3 2015 and whatever Nintendo might announce between now and then. Rumors, our predictions. There's going to be a lot. It's going to be a good episode. So stay tuned for that. Easiest way to not miss it, subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at RamNintendo, um, or just visit RamNintendo.com as frequently as you'd like. We will accept every click to our website that you choose to give us. We will not turn you away. Uh, if you're curious what we have to say about games and other things, or our Amiibo, ongoing Amiibo, now I guess it's not woes, now it's happiness. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JSR7. You can follow Jose at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O, which is also his Miiverse handle. And ultimately, one day, you can look at his uh, Art Academy art on there, I assume, and his time lapses. And me, I will have zero art. No, you know what? I will have some Art Academy art, and it's going to be awful. You can laugh at me. And I am Jason R on Miiverse. So you can find me there to friend or follow. And yeah. So you are getting it. I guess I just committed to getting it. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And you know what else I just realized? I did not follow through on my commitment to download the demo of <gasps> Style Savvy. You didn't. So that's coming next episode, too. Because who knows how little or much you do. I want to so, know if I should get Style Savvy. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a trendsetter 
and tell you that's its subtitle. Because I know I'm not stealth savvy. I need to be stealth savvy. I could be a trendsetter for you. I'm gonna make the same pun until you acknowledge it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. So well, like, okay. So let me revise. We're gonna platoon and style savvy impressions next episode, which again is June 14th. So we will see you then. In the meantime, you're a kid now. You're. A squ- I'm not making references. Okay. Oh, <laughs>